With racial tensions in our country at an all-time high, many Black folks are flocking to support Black-owned businesses. We are taking our mighty dollar and trying to invest it in our own communities. Although this is the trend right now, many people have struggled supporting Black businesses in the past for an array of reasons. Bad attitudes, late arrivals, missed to no communication, overcharging, just to name a few. Almost everyone has a horror story related to a black business experience. But black consumers are not the only ones struggling. Many business owners have a difficult time with their black clientele. Many of them want the hookup or don't want to pay for services rendered or expect everything for nothing. The struggle is on both sides of this and we need to fix it if we're going to move forward and invest in ourselves. Why do these issues exist? And how can we remedy them? Let's talk about it here on I Have a Thought About That. Uh, welcome to episode four of I Have a Thought About That. I am your host, Camille, uh, coming to you on a very beautiful day, Sunday. Um, we are joined today by our co-hosts or panelists, whatever we like to call them today. Uh, Kalisa. And, and Jessica. They, hopefully their luster will come up a little bit <laughs> as we record today. But uh, we got Jessica and Kalisa in the house and returning voices. I'm pretty sure they're probably going to be regulars at this point uh, <laughs> to, the, to the show. So, yeah, y'all. So, what's been going on? How's everybody week been? You know what? My week dragged uh -oh. something vicious. I'm sorry. I, they changed up how we do work. Uh-huh. Um, you know how they have a routine. You got meetings on this day. You do uh, team building. Oh, they took the day. predictability out of your So, week. it's still predictable, but they just rearranged the schedule. Mm -hmm. You know how you settle into your routine, so you feel, you know, certain ways when you come to work. You know? Yeah. So, they changed our meeting day from my Wednesday, my home day, to the first day of my week. So, oh. with them doing that, it really made me feel like it was the end of the week every day after that. Like, mm -hmm. I felt like it was Friday every day this week. Yeah. Like, I felt like, oh, okay, I only got one more day at work, but I really have to That's work. terrible. I'm sorry. To I, that's why I dragged. <laughs> and then on top of that, things were just terrible. Like, we're getting such a involved level of patient right now. Kalisa is a physical therapist for all those who are... Not aware. And it's really hard to just do my job right now because yeah. um, they re either require me taking them to the gym, which we're not allowed to do mm -hmm. at the moment, or culturally, where I need another person to help me with this patient. And most of the time, it's just there's not enough staff right now, so it's just been really. I was gonna ask, like, is that possible still with with COVID going on? Yeah. Um, for what we have to do, sometimes it's unavoidable. Which is why we have to be so extra geared up when we go. Which yeah. is another thing. We so fucking hot in these PPEs. Girl, I'm can't breathe. Can't. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I bought a brand new N95 mask the other day mm -hmm. and went to Costco. I almost died. Mm -hmm. I was like, because it's, like, it's brand new, so it's really ventilating. I ain't worried yeah. at all. Um, I don't see how I have such respect for healthcare professionals that have to wear that for 10, 12 hours a oh, day. It's terrible. Oh my God. And you know what? <laughs> I was cracking up recently because I kept sounding like Bang from Batman. Because <laughs> <laughs> they had these covers. <laughs> they had these, you know, it's like a 
like the bar to go across your you nose. You probably did not sound like that. I, in my head, I felt like I did because I couldn't breathe and I. Right. You know, it was really bad this week. It just dragged. Well, your after I got off of work, it was good. So yo, at work, it was slow. That's good. That's good. At least you have a job to go to. Me. True. I'm not complaining I'm about going to the job. I'm just saying it's just Jessica. How was your week, love? Whoa! In the day and life of unemployment chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> um, my week was something else. I'm I'm hella tired. Um, what did I do this week? I can say a good thing that I actually did this morning was I invested more in my knowledge for my career in IT. Mm. So I actually, there. I mean, this is for anyone. Like during this time during the pandemic, it's a lot of courses you can take that's either free or Damn doesn't man. Cro- yeah, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't cost as much as it would. So um, I actually went and. Uh, purchase some tutorial guides for mm-hmm. when I start to take my cert. That's excellent. Making yourself more marketable. Yes. So, as long as you have snaps, snaps for that. Hey, hey. So, I'm like, okay, I need to start getting on this train and studying this lifetime access. It's not just Ooh. for a year or two nice. years. So, these are lifetime access uh, materials nice. I can go to and say, okay, I need to touch upon that. I need to learn this more. So then when I do take my test, I will have that. Um, that was on the day. Yesterday, you know, play day. Well, actually I went to a picnic, but my son was woe out. I'm still woe out. <laughs> 15,000 steps accomplished yesterday. Hey, that's that's a accomplishment <laughs> right now. But most people get at least like the a thousand. I'm exactly getting my time. And I'm going to work every day. I'm barely going to and then the biggest accomplishment of yesterday was, I know we talked about Megan with the knees last week. <laughs> Sis was squatting like you want nothing. Hey. I got so proud of myself. Sis was so walk. proud that she called me at 7.30 yesterday morning and talked about bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was squatting all day. My knees didn't give out. I was good. I sure would. I like to call myself. I put my, put my elbow on my knee too in the middle of the squad. I was like, oh, oh shit. Y'all can't tell me nothing. This workout been getting the sisters together. Mm-hmm. You gotta be healthy. That's what no. That was, that was some of my, that was like just this weekend really. But the week did drag. The yeah. week did drag this week. I take my son sometimes to daycare and I feel like Thursday took forever. Yeah. Like, Is that his daycare day Thursday? Thursday, Friday. So mm-hmm. I was like, why is it not Thursday? I think we had a moment to where we looked at each other and both wanted it to be Thursday. Yeah, like, I'm sick of you. you I'm like, I'm sick of you too. Like, mm-hmm. we just had them days. And that that was one of, like, Wednesday he was cool because he knew what was going to happen on Thursday. But Monday or Tuesday, a child was going to be put up for adoption. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think that it's important now that everybody's talking about how tired they are. And uh, in a later episode, we'll talk about the myth that is the strong black woman but um i think i hope that it becomes normal that mommies can take a break from being mommies because you know like i feel like people just expect mothers to just be tired right because that's just a, a it's just been made normal and like i don't want you ever to feel guilty because you want to get rid of your baby exactly. for a couple days like that's not the wrong with that because they require a lot that's why i say you know i give since i've been at home big props to all the stay-at-home mothers mm-hmm. because just from doing this is a glimpse into 
that whole lifestyle and I'm like, oh my God. I hate when anybody's trying to mother shame anyone. Yeah. But you know, people do it to a single stay at home mothers. They're like, Well, you're at home doing nothing. No, we're always doing something. It's always a mess to clean up. It's always somewhere you gotta go. It's always some business you either gotta handle for yourself or someone else. Mm-hmm. So you are, you get just mentally tired. So we yeah. like, I don't wanna do this no more. Forget yeah. all you know. Everybody go to their room. And it's, like, it's funny that you say that because, you know, as a teacher, which is very closely related to parenthood, <laughs> yeah. um, we get that a lot. Two people are like, oh, your y'all job is easy. You get the summons off, bitch. First of all, I'm raising 30 kids, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's in my homeroom. I teach 90 kids all day. So I got 90 different personalities pulling on me all day long. I can only imagine. So, like, when mothers say they're tired, I get it. <laughs> you know, like... The first like month of summer, I'm just resting. Yeah, you know, like you really, you're literally just like, okay, I gotta come back to who I am. I gotta, I'm not Miss Geneva no more. I'm Camille. You know, I got, I got, I gotta be Camille for three months, and then I gotta be Miss Geneva all over again. So I get it. So boo, take your rest, okay? Listen, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta go to the zoo tomorrow. Is it hot? It's gonna be hot tomorrow. It's supposed to be seventy-seven. Oh, that's a perfect that's day. Beautiful. It's that's a beautiful. Because going to the zoo on a hot day is fucking. But guess miserable. what? He could have just went with his grandmother what and left me at home. Cause no, I gotta go. Look, grandparents like the same or not? <laughs> no, they, they don't. They like I raised my kids. <laughs> now they like, oh yeah, we're going to the zoo. I got you a ticket. Did I ask for a ticket? I mm-hmm. just wanted to be at home. That's funny. Peaceful, but yeah. So that means there's going to be another some of my steps added to my comments. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's good. We all need to get addicted to running them steps up. Because at one point, when you do that, it make it real. The it only reason it my steps was up because I kept dancing and like I was doing some good dancing. Like, oh, really? Once you do, once your body starts feeling better, you start feeling good. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, hey, what? Speaking of dancing, yeah. let me get to my week. Okay, so. Yeah, uh, this was the last week of school for me. Everybody, hey. friends. Hello, hallelujah. Uh, I am so so ecstatic. And to end the school year, we did a parade style promotional ceremony for my fifth graders. And I'm gonna just say, I hope we do that every year. It was so fun. It was quick. Um, of course, me being the only black teacher, I was the hype. I was the hype man the whole time. So I, you know, I was all in the end like, hey, turn it up, turn it up, kids laughing at me. It was so embarrassed. But, um, you know, it was fun. And then I danced, like, the whole hour, you know. And, you know, it, it was it was interesting because that third, and making with the music episode was so true because <laughs> my back, <laughs> listen, my lower back was like, bitch, if you don't sit your little happy-go-lucky ass down somewhere, uh, it was so real. But, no, it was, it was, it was a very great experience, and it was a really good way to end a very interesting school year yeah. um if you are an educator i don't know what the hell was going on with kids this year even before quarantine they was on tip this year i don't know what it was and then quarantine happened and this is this has been a challenging year for people in education it was, it was a really really challenging year so the way we ended the year was so celebratory and i really really enjoyed it and i know the kids liked it and the parents was all for it it was over at 5 o'clock. Bitch, I would get in my car at 5 o'clock. <laughs> and that has never happened. Like, usually you got to stay an hour later, help clean up, got to say bye to everybody. Once that was gone, we was gone. It was wonderful. Um, had to clean my, had two days to clean my classroom. It was quiet. It was serene. There wasn't nobody else there but me, 
myself and I. Uh, we didn't have to do no meetings at the end of school year. I submitted my grades at home. Like, it was just wonderful. It just made uh, that that tired part. Of, you know how I said just a minute ago, like the first month of school, you got to realize, I ain't got to do that. Because the end of the year was so final. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, that's it. I'm done. And it wasn't stressful at all. So, that was a really, really great end of my school year. Now, also this week, I started intermittent fasting. And the reason that I started it is not for weight loss. I know a lot of people do it for weight loss. That is not why I am doing it. I am doing it because I have struggled with um, regu eating regularly my whole life. Um, and I think that that's the reason why I gain weight so easily because I don't eat regularly. Um, ever since I was a kid, I never would be hungry when I wake up. It'd be hours after I've been out of the bed and I'd be like, okay, it's like three. I should probably eat something. So I'm trying to train my body to feel hunger. Um, and I'm also trying to be more intentional about what I eat because I'm actually trying to build strength and muscle. Mm -hmm. So I want to eat more protein, you know, all of that kind of stuff, cut down on sugars that create fat, all of that. So I'm trying to do that. So that's why I'm intermittent fasting. The first three days, I'm going to tell you, it was a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> it was a struggle. Even though I had, all, like, it was nothing new because, like I said, I don't eat to, like, 12, 1 o'clock anyway, and I wake up pretty early, but because I could not eat, yeah, my body was know. like, you know what, I'm going to send some hunger pains her way just to be an asshole. Like, <laughs> seriously, that's, that was, that's what it was. But now I'm um, uh, coming up on a week, and I feel really good. Today was a really good day. I wasn't really hungry. I didn't get, like, light headache-ish, nothing. So I had a really good, I'm having a really good experience with intermittent fasting. I think that this is going to be a thing for me. I really, really enjoy it. Um... That's it. That's all I did because, you know, I ain't got no life. Your <laughs> <laughs> life is just celebrated on Monday mm -hmm. with your graduation. That's true. Oh, I'm a bike riding for the first time in forever. Nice. Uh, that was fun. Yeah. And I'm giving me a bike today. I went with my sister because she bought a trailer for her, her kids. And she can't do nothing by herself. So I had to do it with her. And it was really fun. So um, I'm giving me a bike today. I'll be bike riding. So, yeah. Good. That's what we've been doing this week. So let's go ahead and get into our first segment of. time for y'all remember that so uh i'm gonna go first today my y'all remember that is uh y'all remember uh in the summertime you know before cell phones and all that kind of stuff i'm talking about real kid shit you know between the ages of like eight and twelve where everybody has a story where they got their bikes stole every year like who was stealing bikes Hey, listen, <laughs> man, it was the hood. Listen, I had my bike stolen. I had a black Husky bike. <laughs> and I told my grandfather, somebody stole it. And they was, dro it was riding my bike down the street. I said, Grandpa, Grandpa, I was like, Papa, that's my bike. He's like, how you know that's my, my, your bike? Nobody, Nobody else in this hood. Papa, I want that smoke. <laughs> Nobody else in this hood had no black, black Husky bike. I've never seen that guy. And then see, that's the bike. shit that's crazy. You knew exactly who stole your bike. But you just never went and got what was up with that? Your parents was like, oh well. And they bought you another bike next year because you, you always had one. Fight for your own bike. That's all it was. I wasn't no fighter, okay? <laughs> I'm an intellectual. I ain't fighting no bitches. I should have just threw a stick in the wheel. I didn't actually get my bike stolen. My big dumb ass left it at the gas station after I blew the tire. I just left it there. And my mama was <laughs> mad at me. She was like, Why 
But you leave that bike. You know what? Your mama talked about that yesterday. I know. Cause she Not that situation. She was mad because you always leave your bike at like Rayon or somebody else. Yeah. She'll be so mad about it. Yeah, she was all, she, and then I clearly irked her because she brought she's it up. Still talking yeah, about it. she still talking talk about it to this day. But yes, I was the one that was, I, I blew the tire. And instead of me, like, because you know, I don't know how to patch nothing. It was an easy fix. All you had to do was patch it or get yeah. a little quick thing, get some air. But I was like, just ride me back home. So I'm on the bike with, was it Brandon or somebody, you know, one of our, yeah, somebody in the east side neighborhood. I don't know who it was. It might have been Terrell. I don't know. But I just know I did not ride my old bike back to the house. Do you think kids get their bikes stolen now? First of all, kids, they don't ride the bike. They don't even know how to ride <laughs> So all the parents out here, they got, they got big age kids. Do your kids ride their bike? Because I know everybody buy their kid a bike for Christmas at least once. You know, break it. Their, their thing is, who broke in the house and stole my PlayStation? That's right. They is. do not even know what a bike is. Yeah, I guess that's true. So long story short, make your kids go ride, go ride bike. Lock all the doors and give them a bike. Take their phone. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Bet you that figure it out. All right, who's um, next on the docket? Who's next? Oh my god! Who's next? Meanwhile, with y'all can't see, it's her doing her little booty dance over here. Who's next? That was so hard. So look, um, do y'all remember folding up paper and making fortune tellers? Yeah. I was, a, I was a, I was so, so good at it. That other people asked me, I paid me to make it. They theirs. call it something else. Cootie Catcher. Cootie, okay, there you go. I was about to say, I didn't hear somebody else call it something else, but earlier this week, or maybe last week, you know, time blurs for me. Um, right. One of, my, <laughs> one of my coworkers just made one, just sitting there in our little downtime, and I look and I'm like, did you just make a fortune teller? And I thought it was hilarious because I hadn't thought about origami or folding things in a long time and it just like I said brought me back to when we was doing it all the time back in elementary or middle school we were folding the paper ninja stars or the football the football mm-hmm. um, I made cups and they actually work you remember you used to make the, the paper cups mm-hmm. they actually work one time use <laughs> right it's a little saturated but it just kind of you know brought back good memories and I just said wow you know cause that's just something that I don't think people think about too much anymore. No, they make them. Uh-huh. They're not very good at it. Like, these kids nowadays don't have no kind of perseverance. So, like, as a kid, I didn't start off making perfect cootie catchers. I, it, wasn't, it wasn't something Why that I Why are they called cootie catchers? I don't know. Girl, who knows? Where the hell did cootie come from? You can do the research let us know. I don't want to. But these kids <laughs> nowadays, they just, they cannot, they just like, oh, well, I'm not do it. Or they just resort to asking the one kid who do know how to do it, uh, to do it. So, you know, in other news, first of all, why did my parent get 30,000 subscribers? Uh, uh. I hope y'all doing dance at home. Who's next? Uh, 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 know who Tabitha Brown was. I'm gonna need you to get on it. Tabitha Brown did the who that who's next dance too. Okay, I know who Tabitha Brown is. Now 
I knew her face. I just didn't know her name. Because <laughs> I just don't be paying oh no attention. So, my remember that. It was so funny. So, I remember back in probably like the early 2000s. <clears throat> what it felt like every person in that age range, to me, I'm going to say the people that I knew, we were going through our, I guess, um, rock alternative stage yes pop me oh can you take it all away how did bumping papa roach last resort like this year papa roach then i took it to crazy town butterfly oh come my baby so I have on like was totally request live like that's so funny because I had heard uh what's that one song that Heartbreaker you remember oh yeah so baby Cameron was singing that with us one time and it was the cutest thing that I had ever seen because he was just the cutest little first of all who was thank is still in my regular rotation really yes who was who but thank yes actually I had somebody in high school. But no, like, uh, what is it? Uh, and the reason, yeah, yeah. like, it's still in my regular rotation, yeah. bitch. Avril Lavigne, all on the radio not too long ago. Was, that was a good song. I know, but it, you don't hear it in rotation on regular radio. But that was also when you would hear rock like that took on more of a hip-hop edge. Yes, like... Uh, now they try to kind of distance from that. Yeah, and it like I think it's more poppy. I, yeah. think, I think it was more pop, more popular because that that genre of music traditionally is really... It was grunge before. Mm-hmm. And nobody listened to no goddamn grunge music. Mm-hmm. And then they be, I think they became a little less... Emo. Yeah. Yeah, because Incubus and... Ooh, oh, Incubus. Is that my group always be singing? Incubus had that one song that I really I don't know what song you who you talking about. No, you talking about Good Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Which one you talking about? No, 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 no. I know what you're gonna say. That's Evanescent. Yeah. Without your touch. Okay, okay, but that's Evanescent. That came on the radio. Too. I must have had it on the '90s station or the 2000s station. That was just a good era for me. That was awesome. Across the board, even country had the music then. Like everything was good. With that, I don't even know. What was like Shania Twain? Anything before 2010 is early 2000s. Anything before 
real backbone backbone this is all speculation so the song is tupac right mm -hmm. and he try he talks to this girl that he know that he's attracted to but she in a relationship right and he all like come on girl you can get away fuck that nigga he a lame you need to get with a real nigga actually if i was her it wouldn't even been a question tupac okay let's go you a thug you cute and you kind of you kind of educated and smart it's, it's a wrap right. but anyway If you listen to the song, except for some parts, because like the guy in the song was abusive to the girl, but like overall though, if you listen to the song, I think he wrote that song for Jada Pickett, mm. and that Will Smith was the line that he was talking about. It could be because it it was it was a little personal. Like mm. it felt like if you listen to the song, it sounds like he is talking to somebody who's in an established relationship that's living a particular lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? That she's accustomed to with this nigga. That ain't really doing her right or whatever. Because if I if you listen to some of them red table talks, that nigga pop. Let's not forget that Will Smith popped Jada in here with uh, what was it, a newspaper or some shit. He popped. She was. It was an episode of Red Table Talk. I'll never forget when it was Will Smith was on there, and he he said Jada cussed at him, and he either popped, he either thumped her in the forehead, or he hit her with newspaper. Something happened. He hit her because she cussed at him. I remember that. And I also remember that Will Smith said that he was insecure around, yeah, around Tupac because Jada yeah. and Tupac's relationship was so different, so mm -hmm. dynamic, yeah. and he could feel it. Yeah. Now, you can always tell when two people are meant to be together. You can just yeah. tell it. Yeah. And you the nigga that's how you're getting in the way. Yeah. If you listen to this, go listen to the song, y'all. By the way, I created a playlist on Spotify with all of our uh, jams of the week. This will be on there. Go listen to the song. I guarantee you that song is for Will Smith. That's what's up. Um, my jam of the week is by Chloe and Haley. Mm, the Under the Hour. Yes. I love that song. I've listened to it like maybe like two or three yeah, times. Yeah, that song is awesome. And it is actually the name of their new album, mm -hmm. which I give them so many props because, you know... Who is it? Chloe. Chloe is, is the a, oldest one. Yeah, thank so you. So she's like in her, she's in her 20s. There, I think and she's 21 and Hallie yep. is 20. Yep. Is it Hallie or Hallie? Hallie. So Chloe and Hallie. Sorry about that. But, um, you know, now that uh, Hallie have just graduated high school, I believe. Right? I Yeah, she was young. She's not. Let me look. Back check. I believe that she just graduated high school. So for this album, I really feel like it's like, all right, you're of age now. You're not high school. I'm already 20-something years old. So now we can actually speak about it. No, well, no. They're 21 and 20. Okay. So it was like, you know, now they're actually talking about things that's relevant to them. I guess they had to get maybe like one or two albums just out to where they could really be like them. And I give them big props because, you know, them... Being under Beyonce, I, I use this as an example, you know, it kind of took her a while to get to Beyonce that we know her as now, like mm -hmm. how she is now, to where she wasn't cussing on any records or anything. Now, all of a sudden, Beyonce dropping S-bombs and everything everywhere. Right. But now with I think girl, I think her experience with Jay-Z had a lot to do with that. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> but, 
and then like and with them, them up. yeah and then it's like with them there this is an adult album talk about things that pertain to women in their 20s like them and you know they're cussing a little bit they dropped some best vibes on that damn album they was not playing yeah they wasn't and and i think also with them being on grownish portraying college students in their 20s handling adult issues you know things that happen around that age it was only suitable to have a album that reflects what you're already portraying and what your new life is now so i really love the album i really like that song the song is mostly just talking about you know if kind of like if you and me you know during ungodly hours <laughs> but you know they they just have beautiful voices period yeah so yeah, and I and honestly, I hope they set a precedent for yeah. R and B because for a minute, R and B had moved away from actual talent. Mm-hmm. They were selling more sex appeal and you know Instagram ability. You know what I'm saying? Like they can sing, they, can. they asses off. They gu- guarantee to sing be- better than anybody in R and B right now, hands down. And to be and to have their their system, would they just be? No, theirs is more dread. No, they have dreads. Okay. Yeah. I love their hair. I love her whole style. That is a a black woman that you don't see being represented. You don't. All the time. And I just... I love her little style. Chloe, I wish I had your body, though. Girl. Chloe, listen. um, What was I watching? When uh, the kids are all right, their last album. Yeah. um, They were doing a performance on, like, uh, one of the late night shows or whatever. They were singing a song. And I was like, Chloe, listen, Chloe. That's why I was you like, can't tell Chloe shit. She know what she look like. Mm-hmm. And she, she she reminds me more of Beyonce circa 2010 uh, more than Hallie is. Hallie is her own person. You can mm-hmm. tell Hallie is like, okay, Beyonce, I'm going to listen to you, but I'm going to do me. I'm going to be my nice, reserved self. But she's selling. She's doing the innocent sexy. And mm-hmm. I love that. Hallie, I mean, Chloe, I love it. Chloe, listen, nigga, I would sit on your face, and I would, like, you can see it, like, you can just see it all of me, and I love that about them, that they're not overly sexualized, but they're definitely saying we're sexual beings, mm-hmm. and I really, really enjoy that, um, something I want to say, though, is when, um, Do It came out, and people saw that side of them for the first time, it was like, a lot of, most people was here for it, but you got the ones, see, I hate when they sexualize, and they want to take everything, they're 20 and 21 years, and they're not kids. That's just like Kiki Palmer. What do you? She Kiki can't. Palmer been talking her mess for a long exactly. time, and I love it. I Everybody thinks when you think of Kiki, Akilah, Akilah, and the beat always popping in your head. Bold ass Ooh, that's bold. They need her soul. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, but to speak to that point with Chloe, Holly, and Kiki, that speaks more to the observer sexualizing them than them sexualizing themselves because just because i have curves and i happen to dress in a way that accentuates them does not mean that i am intentionally trying to make you think sex you're thinking sex because of your mind yeah. it ain't nothing that i'm doing you know, you know what i'm saying i just do what make me feel happy and if you right you're happy watching me that's, that's, that's just okay right just i natural. wish i would accept you know people if they would have come out naked if it get too hot then they got roads they have huh? they have oh they have to they can't not accept you. I First of all, Lizzo was a thing, so you know they accepted. Hey, Lizzo, little TikTok she did with her working on and stuff, big ups to Lizzo. I really, 
it just goes to show like, hey, look. And you know what? I'm keeping up my health. I'm doing what I need to be. I don't care what you think about my body. Body shape. And it's, and it's so wrong. funny. Like, Lizzo is not going to win either way, though. Because you mm-hmm. got people who are going to be like here for it. And you got the people who going to body shame or whatever. But what I do not like um, is when pe- that people are shaming her for getting healthy. Mm-hmm. And like, so you want, okay, first of all, people's opinion about their body can change because first of all, it's her fucking body. Right. So if she want to walk around with her cellulite booty all shaking and she can do that, I'm tired of seeing it, but I can be tired. It's her body. Right. And if she want to decide, I don't want to shake my cellulite ass no more, I want to get it healthy, then that's her prerogative. It's that's like her how they did Adele. You know, yeah, trying to talk about she fat shame. She don't like herself because she lost weight. Yeah, like, everybody loses weight because of health. Everybody's exactly. a goddamn therapist. That, that's that's what it boils down to. But it's anyway, being mad because they did it. Exactly. That's the that's way it is. So they're not gonna squat now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so hey, Jelani was trying to run from me yesterday. I said, hey, look, I'm been working out. I can get oh, you, you two steps ahead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You got your shoes on and stuff. <laughs> All right. Yo, what's your jam of the week? So my jam of the week actually um is from this lady named well not lady. It's a young rap woman.
white white girl that was singing soul and doing good. Yes, she was like thirteen. Let's not forget. Real good at it. But back to Chica, who is my song of the week or whatever. She just killed it in this song. I really think she's just really kind of like living her victory. And it just, I love that personification of celebration, you know what I'm saying? And just flourishing in it. And it sounds like, you know, somebody that's been grinding, working so hard to get what they wanted. It just mm-hmm. sounds like she's just happy to finally have got a touch, or even a touch of what it is. So, like, like she thinks she's. To speak on what you're talking about, I just pull up the lyrics to that song. And the first verse say, Look, listen, I met Hove last week. The shit was hella cool. Did he introduce me as the best in new school? I'm not too shabby for an Alabama bitch, but fuck getting rich. I got respect from heavy hitters and did a whole and did it without a disc. That that's what you're talking about. Right. She cared more mm-hmm. about the, the, the her it's her craft. The the, the mm-hmm. love of what mm-hmm. it is that she's doing. And it's it's it kind of glows through the track. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you can feel the energy. And a lot of the times you can't feel energy through people's songs. But you can feel that energy. For me, I could feel her energy through this song. And it was so just like, boom, <laughs> here I am. And I'm happy with where I'm at. Yeah. yeah that's that's what's up. I've heard of her. I, I like listen to her music here and there. But she's one of the female rappers that has substance. Yeah. Kind of like uh, Tierra Whack. Or Tierra Weck and mm-hmm. also Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Rhapsody, Rhapsody is now she really starting really to get a platform, yeah. you know. Really but, um, you know, it, you don't find, that's not what people gravitate to. No. They want to gravitate to the Cardi B's and the Nicki Minaj. Fucking Doja Cat. Fuck Doja's, you know. Things on that, on City Girls, you know, people want to gravitate towards that, but. They really make good good music. music. Good, 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 great music. music. I will say I did have a very close second. Very close second. I was actually blasting it on the way when I pulled up just now. Um, best friend actually put me up on it a little while ago. Tent by Anderson Park and Kendrick Lamar. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep, I was listening to that for a while. One Kendrick song. Lamar. I know. I what song? Point is, you heard this one. What band? You can put it, one song. You can put that one in the link too because it was a very. Close what did you call it? It's Kendrick called Lamar. Tent. Andrew, Anderson Pop and Kendrick Lamar. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, it starts up and it just makes you feel like this song. It starts off really dope too. It's talking about um, I feel like I've been cooped up. I need yep. to get out, get some air. Oh, it's very similar to what to. we're living right now. Though. Yeah, and it's a good riding song. It's a good summertime song. It just makes you feel real like energetic, give you life, you know. And I just was, I was all this week Kendrick, been listening to that song. I'm gonna have to look it up. Kendrick has a line in that song. You don't have to look it up because you know where you can find it. You can find it on our Spotify playlist for <laughs> Jams of the Week. For I have a thought about that. All of our Jams of the Week that we have ever mentioned, there is a playlist. You can go listen to all of these. I have been actually listening to it these last couple of days, and it is it's a it's a good playlist. Ooh, uh, so yeah. I definitely suggest you just type in. It is called. Hold on, let me tell you exactly. It's called. I have a thought about that. Season one. Hyphen Jam of the Week. It will be linked in the description below so you can listen to all of these good music. All of this good music. Cause we we ain't dealing with copyright. So you just go listen to it. <laughs> so that is it for Jam of the Week. We're gonna get into our next segment of Ooh She Messy. Ooh, she messy.
Let All right, y'all. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are uh, well, welcome back for us because we just had a whole hour tangent talking about Game of Thrones. We won't even get back into that. We should do it in another. We we gonna do it in another segment. But anyway, uh, she nasty. This is our segment. So I want to talk about uh, what's going on with Nicki Minaj, uh, Takashi Six Nine. And um, they sell our ass. Like, first of all, first of all, I have I have ne- I have not been a Nicki fan a since her s- huh? Is it Pink Print? Yeah, for me. I haven't been a Nicki fan since her second album. Okay. And like when she first came out, when she was doing the whole Roman pers- persona, what what was the name of her first album? Pink Friday. Pink Friday. That wasn't the name. That wasn't the yeah, first it was. one. It was Pink Friday, and then Pink Friday Reloaded. Okay, well, anyway, when that... Pink print, right? Yeah, yeah, with the little thumbprint. So, I haven't been a Nicki Minaj fan for a long time because Nicki Minaj made it exceedingly clear that she's going to sell out for money. Because when she first came out, she do all the features with Young Money. Her lyricism, her craft was so... Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It was it was refreshing mm-hmm. because no other female artist since Lil' Kim was, was, was doing that. And then you, you know, know what she came out in the time when there was a love. And there was no female artists for real. She Nobody literally was doing female. And then she came out and was just as good as Drake and Lil Wayne. Really? You know what I'm saying? She was yeah. up there with them. And I was so proud of her. And her music was just like so real. And then that second album came out and it was all pop. I said, oh, so you a sellout. Yeah. So you do whatever, whatever you need to do for cash or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And I know it's people that's 100% behind Nicki and all that kind of stuff. And then I... And I never really, and I still was vibing with her, kind of, even after that. Because her music, she's just so good lyrically she that you can forgive her she does for a lot of stuff. Way. You know what I'm saying? So, like, her features and her actual music. You know, like, I was, you know, like, the Anaconda. I was like, okay, this is cool, whatever. Yeah, I was with but then Cardi B happened. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really understood who she was. See? Because my thing about Cardi B is everybody understands who Cardi Cardi B is Silk the Shocker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Silk the Shocker is a shit rapper. But everybody likes him because he's entertaining. Mm-hmm. Cardi B, nobody likes Cardi B for her lyricism. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes her because she makes good music. Mm-hmm. We like Cardi B because Cardi B is Cardi B. That's why we like her. That's why we support her. She's herself unapologetically. And I feel like what Nicki did was tear down another black woman because nobody was, looking, was checking for her anymore like they was when it was just her in the game. So the tangent off of that real quick, if I can interject. Go ahead. My feelings on Nikki are very similar to yours. Mm-hmm. You know, I was fucking with her real tough. Not even real tough, but I liked her. I liked what she was doing when she first came out. I was still trying to go for her and be for her, be about her through the whole Pink Friday Reloaded phase, you know, because I couldn't stand that one song, Starships. Could not stand that song. That whole, that whole, that, but I, still, I still gave her a pass. You know what I'm saying? Because she still was, you know, dibbling that. And like I said, I understand you do what you do for the money. I'm okay with that, you know, to a certain extent. And she brought it back with Pink Friday. But in the meantime, I started falling apart around Pink Friday. Just because I was over her and her fake antics. Yeah. Like, a lot of her with the Pepsi commercials that she would have and those teeth and the facial expressions. And I just, you could tell it was. She was a, a caricature. It, of was, it was definitely fabricated and mm-hmm. it was definitely something where you felt like, I don't really need you to be you 100%, but I also don't need you to be putting on this fake ass persona. And 29 personalities, I'm Roman, now I'm this. I'm I didn't that. mind that yeah, because it was, it was her stage. I can, I can get behind that because. At the end of the day, they are performers. Yeah, so, she's so you do want to, you want to, to a certain extent, to be an, a, an entertainer, you have to be an actor. I get that, mm-hmm. but it was 
too much for me. Mm -hmm. I'm just talking about for me. The best Nikki for me was actually Pink Prince. And I say that because she actually had calmed down from that over Peak Friday. Yeah, right. Peak Friday was and so And like she extra. came down and you saw Nicki Minaj as a woman. She was in movies, everything. Her whole and you know what? and her whole I image changed. That's the Nicki that I like the most. Yeah. The Pink Friday because a lot of what she was always reflected in her hair that she was choosing at the time. She, for whole Pink Friday, for most of the part, was just a long black ponytail. And Pink Friday or Pink Print? Pink, Pink Print, I'm sorry, yes. But for Pink Print, she was that long black ponytail. And I, I mean, just black hair. She was just normal black hair. Whatever she oh, was. Oh, she like. wasn't trying to be little. She wasn't. She wasn't. Exactly. This <laughs> is coming back to you. And, I'm, and I'm, I was going to talk. I'm going right. to touch on that with a little So, with the too. whole thing about Cardi B, because she fell apart to me before Cardi B got on the scene when Remy told it to her. Oh, and about that too. me, I had already kind of lost Nikki and I had thrown her away from my, you know, love anyway, just because she just wasn't, you know what I'm saying? I just, I'm like, okay, you too much. But then Remy tore into her and she didn't do anything. She didn't do anything. I mean, how can you? But look, you're not supposed to be able what to she come did. back too. What the she did is, was stand behind her fans. That's what she did. She let her so, fans do. So what? I mean, Remy stabbing bitches. Like, Remy, I'm not expecting her to come to Remy's head. What I'm expecting for her to do as a rapper in the industry that you are patterning is answer. You're supposed to answer. That's a part of the and culture. And she did not answer. Yeah. She, when she answered, it was in a form of a song with Lil Wayne and Drake on it. So she support. So she, she did it as a song and then she didn't address anything that was I mean, although she did have seven minutes of truth thrown back at her. Which we already know. She can't fight that anyway. But the way to fight truth is to be truthful. You just live in your shit. Accept it and move on. Say Well let's else. let's 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 start here. First of all, Nikki can't do that. Because Nikki she's not a truthful person. Uh, hold on. Nikki, even though she is lyrically sound and she can stand up against any of these women that she's get went against lyrically, she definitely can. But let's not forget that Nikki built her brand by tearing down another black woman. A whole she built her brand icon. by tearing down the little Kim. Kim. and and never used even to this day, even to this day. I was watching my, my lovely T. I always watch her. She was talking about the whole Takashi 69 and Nikki uh, thing. Nikki has on a um, a furry bikini. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she pulled up a picture of Lil' Kim in the exact same outfit. So you and, and you can literally Google how many times Nicki Minaj has emulated mm-hmm. the person that she tore down to get where she's at. And so if you it really was happening. Is that people are really starting to understand that, wait a minute, this ain't nothing new. The Nicki Minaj and uh, Cardi beef is nothing new. The Remy beef is nothing new. She started her career like this. And you know, it's unfortunate because the reason why she threw Cardi under the bus is the same reason that she should have been thrown under the bus for Lil' Kim. Because the whole thing is, she was mad at Cardi, at least she told the fans that she was mad at Cardi because Cardi didn't shout her out. For putting her on, quote unquote, or opening the role for her, own. and we already know she didn't. Mm-hmm. We already know she didn't. But the same thing that we're talking about with Lil Kim is the fact that she tore Kim down, or stole her style, or even if you were going to say still, because that brings a negative connotation in it. When you say you pattern your opening, breaking onto the scene persona after somebody who was already out 
And then you got the nerve to say I didn't, I wasn't influenced by her. And it's like we see your difference. And you so a, you a whole fucking lie. We all know that you got your whole swag, your whole, you know, your delivery might not be the same when you yeah. rap, but your wigs, your, your poses, outfit, your poses, the lyrics. A lot of the time, she did say a lot of shit that she heard from Kim here and there. You can't just say I was influenced by Lil' Kim. Who else the fuck was you influenced by? Cause you sure ain't no Queen Latifah. And you ain't no MC Light. You ain't no, no fucking Yo-Yo. You ain't, you ain't, none of, you you ain't, ain't none of them. You ain't, you ain't Foxy. No. You was fucking Lil' Kim. And the nerve, the nerve of you, the nerve of you as a nice, you know, when I was in looking at the 90s rap, I recognized it right off rap. Rip. Even though I was a kid at the time when Kim was doing her thing, I still knew that Kim she was knew. doing that, that Nikki was doing the stuff that Kim was doing. And, and she had the nerve to get mad at Cardi for not giving her her respect when she didn't give Lil' Kim the respect. She didn't. Cardi she did just went back and gave Lil' Kim the respect because she was like, look, if it wasn't for Lil' Kim, I wouldn't be who I am. What did and I that's say? That's why Lil' Kim is like, I love you, Cardi, because you're paying honor to, to what you should do. Walks. So that someone, so, so that Cardi could, I mean not Cardi, and Nikki. Nikki could fly, and, Nikki and Nikki did what she in her face. But here's the thing, this is this is why I have never been a Nikki fan because Nikki has never been somebody who pays homage. She's never been that person. No, she want to do it to the Wayne. She want to do it to no. to Drake. She want to suck a dick. Okay, that's and what then, I was getting to. Like her. she oh, she oh. wants to she wants to congratulate all of these men. And this is this is a, another black woman problem. And it really what it boils down to is the jealous black woman complex. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicki Minaj is a personification of that because she feels like it can only there can only be one. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at female rappers in the past, none of them came for each other the way Nicki comes for every other female Any rapper out the game. Because here's the thing: she couldn't support Megan Thee Stallion without being on her song and benefiting from her. She couldn't support. Doja Cat when we was back when we saw Doja Cat until uh, until she was on her song right and you know what I'm saying so it's it's and like for Cardi because she was on that one song with Cardi too uh, Motorsport right that's what I'm saying. but she's but Cardi was her competition Cardi was getting too much attention let Cardi have been not getting what she was getting not getting all the accolades she wouldn't have came for Cardi like that Car and and then it was the time when Nicki was fa- was fading you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying and then so, right after she third it was right after that. Right, so my, my point is, my point is, is to say this, is that Nicki Minaj is one, she's a backstabbing person, and she's going to step on whoever the fuck she needs to step on so that she can thrive. And she did it to even meet Neil. Now, yeah, she did. to wrap this up into what we supposed to be talking okay, about, right. we went on a whole tangent about Nicki. So Nicki Minaj, she, she is, that's why she got a whole queen radio so she can talk about people. Ooh, I just turned but anyway, but anyway, so she has connected herself to to uh six nine and right now the whole culture as a collective unless you are 13 or younger is is not fucking with this nigga okay Mm -hmm. first of all excuse me this mexican because let's be clear he's not a black man he is Mm -hmm. a hispanic individual and right now is a bad look for nikki to be connecting herself with somebody who has put black men in prison i don't care if they are gang bangers i don't care because at the end of the day takashi six nine did the exact same thing that he put these black men in jail for. And he's trying to profit off of it. He's profiting off of the fact that he put more black men in the system. Mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj is married and impregnated by a gangbanger. 
The same person that is an affiliation with the same people that Takashi 69 has put behind bars and is gloating about. See, so Nicki Minaj again, and this is why I'm keep talking bringing her up because she's wrong. We all know Takashi 69 ain't shit. We already know that. He's not getting no none of my attention. But her ass, she's wrong because you are you are helping somebody get clout and money off of imprisoning and, and adding to the cycle of black men populating the prison system. Mm-hmm. And he, you, and the thing is, think about Takashi 69. Takashi 69 used that lifestyle to project himself mm-hmm. into fame. He wasn't no damn gangbanger before he became Takashi 69. Not at all. He used that lifestyle to to make himself more of a um more appealing to black people. Rapping before trapping. That's that bullshit. Right. That so then he wants to talk about he wants to talk about because I guess future came at him. Um, no, he came at Nikki or something. He said, Future said something. Y'all can look it up. Future said something about this whole situation. And Takashi 6 now want to talk about how Future want to talk about Percocets and all that kind of stuff. And he ain't got no drug charges and da 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 and all this kind of bullshit. You don't know what that man has done. He's living the lifestyle or probably lived the lifestyle Trapping you never lived. Trapping before rap. You know what I'm saying? And same with Meek Mill. Same with Big Snoop. Like Snoop Dogg ain't shit. I don't like Snoop Dogg as a person. Uh-huh. But Snoop Dogg was definitely in the game before mm-hmm. he was and, a rapper. And this is the thing when it comes to realism and lyricism, right? Mm-hmm. Most people rap about real people that we like. They rap about what they know. Yeah. Takashi is rapping about what he know vicariously yeah. through somebody else. Yeah. And we already know that's when we say that shit is fake. Yeah. Because you didn't never live that life. And you got into the rap world first. Yeah. And, and then, then went back yeah. and joined the game. Because you needed the, you needed the knowledge. that did yeah. real music that we fuck with real tough, lived the life, and was doing that shit mm-hmm. to get out of it. Yeah. Who is out of the shit and jumps back into it? He was never in it. That's, that's what I'm saying. saying. Nobody lives that life. Was never doing it. And he needed, but he needed, he needed that to, street cred. Right. He needed that backing. Which is the problem. And then what he did was once he got it and he got caught up, then they started singing like a fucking canary because he was never in the game. If he was ever in the game, he, he would have never said shit. And the thing about it time. is, real niggas, real, real niggas, Already peep that shit out, yeah. and the whole thing is when a real nigga is they not doing trapping and mm-hmm. all that other stuff for fun. Yeah, they doing survival. that shit because it's for survival. It's survival. They gotta eat. Yeah. They gotta feed. They gotta eat. Period. You gotta be able to provide. You gotta be able to make sure that you can make ends meet. Right. Whatever you doing, you're doing it for a reason greater than you. Right. And the whole and, thing is is about about the, the the people who started off as trappers like. Um, like, um, uh, uh, Trapper Dow, what's his name? Yeezy. Um, Jeezy, like young Jeezy, like, uh, Jeezy, like Jeezy. Jeezy started off in the trap. You think Jeezy cooking work right now? No, the fuck no, but he's, he's still not. rapping about it. He get on my damn heart. Okay, listen, but you can, you can rap about something. <laughs> they said, they, they, they know. At one point, you at least got a reason. They rap like something rapper. that they know. He got a point. And he's rapping rap 14 years removed. Okay, but he still did it. He still did it. <laughs> my, my point is on his resume. <laughs> Wait a minute. My, my point is this. My point is this. They start off rapping about stuff that they're currently doing. When they did their debut album, they probably was still cooking work. You know what I'm saying? But as time progressed, they started to... 
Hold on, y'all. My dog is outside. Hold on. Short commercial break. We back, y'all. I had to make sure my dog was cool, okay? So Listen, my neighbor got this damn big-ass dog. He never walks on a fucking leash. Never. The Pablo do not like this nigga. He hate that fucking dog. They fight every time. So, coming back to the, the whole she messy thing. Come on, bro. Hold on. Now, just listen. So, um... My irritation and frustration with this topic is it's just beyond me, okay? Because, like I said, when things cascade and you start to stop fucking with somebody, you stop fucking with them even more and more and more each time that they do some stuff because they've mm -hmm. already irritated you. So now they mm -hmm. just add to the pile of not fucking with you, miss, right? So, <laughs> so Nikki, we talking about her, right? She been, I've been over her. Yeah. Been over the whole whoop, whoop, whoop. So and she supposed to retire a couple and years ago. And you know what? Because Wendy Williams was cutting into her about that. Wendy they was going back and forth about Nikki. that. But the whole thing is, Nikki, being ain't shit. Yeah. Being an ain't shit bitch. No, she ain't an ain't shit bitch. Got Queen Radio to continue to propagate. Queen Radio was created so that she could talk shit about her. That's what I'm saying. But to continue to propagate the ain't shitness. That she is. Okay? And the thing about it is she's got a whole fan base, like you said, that's gonna continue to fuck with her regardless. Because it's a whole bunch it's a whole bunch of ain't shit people. So in the you world. take that and you go with this new ain't shit nigga or Latino or whatever he is. You another ancient being. You got two birds of a feather clicking up to link together to do some more ain't shitness. And that's what this is about. You got an ain't shit nigga and an ain't shit bitch on the same track second time around. Okay, so, yes. Now, here's the kicker about all of this. Nicki Minaj and this motherfucker that is the cause for a lot of black men being in jail are trying to say that they're giving a, a portion of the proceeds that Trolls makes to the Black Lives Matter campaign. And this is this is my issue with that. Why not give all the proceeds? Takashi Six Nine is telling on on Instagram talking about how much money he got, right? Mm -hmm. Nicki Minaj don't need no more money. Give all of the proceeds to uh, Black Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing: Takashi Six Nine is not somebody that is going to be the the face of Black Lives Matter. He's just not. The only reason Black Lives Matter to Takashi 69 is because he needed our platform to promote himself. And not only that, to throw us up under his uh the bus. Oh, to like everybody else do yeah. black people. When shit go down, they always oh he made me do it. Yeah, it was him. Without black people, you can't throw us up under the bus anyway. Right. And the whole thing that yes, I, we scapegoat I'm, I'm kinda over and it's unfortunate is this this like we were talking about last week, this cool shit. Mm -hmm. where people just do this stuff where you gotta just either disregard it and not give it no energy or you, you know what I'm saying, one one thing or another but the whole thing is, you see it for what it is, you call it out and you either don't pay it no attention or you keep rocking with it and the thing for me, like I said even before Sheetha came out I stopped fucking with Nikki just because mm -hmm. she was not my taste I, she did not put a good I didn't, like I was just talking about in the jam of the week with Chica or Chica, whatever Chica, 
right? So anyway, she is somebody that I can rock with because personally I can identify with what she's talking about. I cannot identify with what Nikki talks about. Not only not what she talks about, but what she stands for. And the thing that she, what she stands for, she's not standing for anything of substance. Mm-hmm. Not even of substance. She's a good lyricist, like Camille was saying. But the whole thing is, I don't care about your skill. I don't care about what kind of good music you're making. You make good music here and there. Mm-hmm. Far and in between. But I can't, I cannot rock with you because as a woman, a black woman, that shit don't echo inside of me. I don't feel it. And it's personally disrespectful in a way where it's like, bro, you you older than me and acting like mm-hmm. you ain't grew up in the same shit that we grew up in. You supposedly from the Bronx. So you have your own story, this, that, and the other, da, 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 Queens, Jamaica, whatever she talking about. I don't know. But the whole thing is you supposedly have the same texture that a lot of us black women embody. You're 36, 30, you're, you're, you're in the you're, you're late yeah. millennium. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be feeling the same things or thinking the same things or having at least the same cloth that we was cut from. But see, here's the thing about Nicki Minaj. She's never going to be that. Because Nicki Minaj has always been somebody who's going to step on the back of the same people that got her where she needs to be. And that's what's fucked and up that, about And her. that started, and we all, and the thing is, it all started with Lil' Kim. And let's just be real. Lil' Kim does not get the respect she deserves because of Nicki Minaj to this day. Mm-hmm. To this day. To this day. People disrespect Lil' Kim <laughs> and disregard what she did for female rap mm-hmm. because of Nicki Minaj. She made it okay. I don't yeah, care. Okay. And all the people want to talk about Cardi B, if Cardi B would be here for Nicki Minaj, fuck all of that. None of these hoes would be here if it wasn't for um Kim. For Lil' Kim. Mm-hmm. Because even before Lil' Kim, there was like MC Light and there was uh Queen Latifah, but they was rapping, they was rapping like they was empowerment. Empowerment. They wasn't saying that real thing. It would have been more like yo-yo maybe because she was kind of different from MC Light and yeah, she was. She was a little bit more um. Ranchy. Yeah. But the whole thing, what Camille's saying, and which I understand 100%, is the fact that her popularity mm-hmm. and the fact that she was able to make money off of her rapping. Not to say that Queen Latifah and MC Light did not get rich off of rapping. They got some money from that, but not the same kind of notoriety, clout, and. Uh, this is what I mean. What I mean is that Little Kim was the first female rapper who can stand against the best male rapper. Yeah. yeah, she could stand up with Biggie, mm-hmm. no problem. The notorious K.I.M. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it was no issue for her. She it, she didn't need Biggie to be her own person. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And Nicki did like, and have... Nicki did not need. It's like she didn't need Lil Wayne and Drake to be mm-hmm. her own lyricist. But the point is, is that Nicki couldn't do what Nicki is doing if there was no little count. And that's the thing that I need. Her and her fans to understand. Yes, Lil' Kim is irrelevant now because she's, you know, it's not her time to shine, which is okay. It's okay. Just like, ain't nobody checking for Jay-Z to drop a new album. Ain't nobody checking for Karen. Ain't nobody checking for these old heads. But guess what? When a new nigga come out, they ain't never going to say, uh, Jay-Z trash, Karen mm-hmm. Ronja. They're never going to do that. They're going to pay homage to the people that did what they needed to do so I could do what I'm doing. Right. Nikki has never done that. So I'm done talking about Nikki. Like I'm done with this whole this fuck her and the whole. This is my thing about Nicki Minaj and this whole Takashi Six Nine thing. We can talk about Nikki as a person forever. The country right now is in a state where black people got to choose their side. Yeah, 
you either with us or you're against us. And that's just, that, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, we got all these other people. Like, it's Pride Month right now. I feel some type of way about the Pride folks because black women specifically have stood up for you for years. Mm-hmm. You can take this one year and just speak for us. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, we're not taking away from you, but we need you right now Mm -hmm. to stand with us. Stand in solidarity with us. Mm -hmm. We need everybody to stand in solidarity with black people in general because at the end of the day, who suffers when a black man is killed? Black women. Mm -hmm. Because then you have the epidemic of single black women raising uh, half a black man because I don't care how dynamic your mama is, you need a father. I don't care. And that's why black men... quite frankly, ain't shit because they don't have a, that, that, that masculine dynamic that they need. Mm-hmm. They don't have that example of a strong black man in their life. All they know is the female is supposed to do everything because my mama did everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting you as my girlfriend to do everything. I'm not going to do nothing because my mama didn't, do, didn't let me, make me do nothing. Mm-hmm. It's a perpetual cycle. So when black men are being killed and shot down in the streets and being locked up because of bitch ass niggas like Takashi 6 9 Mm-hmm. Um, black women are the ones who suffer. So now the black women are everybody's champion. We need people to champion for us, mm-hmm. so that our children have both male and female dynamics in their life, their whole lives. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my whole thing with Nicki Minaj is this: you, as a black woman who probably I don't know her history, who probably has, who didn't have a male figure in her life. Like a father figure or something like that. I'm just speaking statistically. I don't know personally. Because I've I been rocking with her for so long. I didn't care to find out. Mm-hmm. But you, by connecting with this nigga 6 9 who's so fucking problematic. He is so problematic. So problematic. You connecting with him is sending a very clear message to the black community. That you care more about clout. And you're using the Black Lives Matter movement to... Um, to spring more Joe class. Yes. Yeah. To project yourself. She lived, I mean, she lived for controversy too. So yeah, she just controversy. Controversy. But this is the wrong time for controversy because literally lives lives are depending on. Then he killed another black man with all of this happening. Yeah, I know. I saw that. You know what I'm saying? So it, two of them, as a matter of fact. So it's just like this is the wrong time, Nikki, because I know you're not fully black, but you black enough that you identify as a black woman and the world sees you as a black woman. So this is your fight too. Takashi Six Nine got shit to lose. He's Mexican. Mm-hmm. He can fall back on the fact that he ain't just like the damn Dominicans don't want to be black right now. Mm-hmm. Same thing. They can fall back on something. You are a black woman. That's what you identified yourself as. So the fact that you are standing behind somebody who clearly is not for us speaks volumes. And that's all we're going to say on Nicki Minaj and we're going to move on from this topic because fuck that hoe. That's fuck that hoe. Fuck that hoe. And Takashi wear a lace front. I don't know. And Takashi wear a lace front. It's just It's cute, but it was irritating. It's not cute no more. He look raggedy as hell. It don't look cute on him, but uh, it was all me, baby. Okay, first of all, that's what we're going to end this segment. <laughs> and that is She Messing. <laughs> all right, y'all. So we're going to get into our, our topic for the day. So today's topic is one that kind of connects to the whole Black Lives Matter movement that's going on right now. And um, black folks just really just coming to a place where um, we are investing into ourselves. And the name of this, this episode is Tommy. You ain't got no job, which is basically talking about uh, black ownership, black businesses. And what we're going to talk about today is is twofold. You know, everybody is promoting black businesses right now. Everybody's pushing black businesses. Everybody's like support your local black businesses, support people who are in, um, who are doing something, you know, 
even like a lot, I watch a lot of natural hair bloggers. They're doing solely black business, um, black um, hair care products right now. They're trying to, to get more knowledge out here, which is beautiful. I love that. However, we all know the struggle of supporting a black business. We, we know it's a struggle. You know what I'm saying? So today's, uh, in today's segment, I really want to talk about the struggle that is supporting black business and also why it is necessary to support black business. And then also how both the, the black consumer and the black business owner can improve so we don't have these problems moving forward. Okay? So that's our synopsis. So if anybody want to kind of get the conversation rolling. So uh, we, we kind of started... I can't remember if it was last week or the week before right. when we were talking about being an entrepreneur, right? Yeah, that was the week before. So, that was manifesting destiny. Yeah. Okay, so for me, you always 100% support your own, period. If you can, if it's available, if it's a choice, if it's an option for you, by all means, please do. Just because... Like Issa Rae said a long time ago when she was watching an award show, I always cheer for the black person to win. Mm-hmm. On the red carpet. And and it's just kind of a sentiment that I think us as black people already have embedded in us. Not all black people. Well, folks. a lot of us. Majority of us. Me. I'm only going to talk for me. Mm-hmm. When I see Annette echo with me when she made that statement, because I do the same thing. I, I want every black person or person that look like me and I believe feels like me to win, okay? So I'm always, you know, and I come from an entrepreneurial household, mm-hmm. um, just like we all do. And it's just a thing where, you know, you kind of have an insight on the struggles and, and the, the beauty of it as well. But at the end of the day, you want somebody who's chasing their dream to flourish, so, I do everything that I can inside of my power to make sure that I can help. Whether it's me uh, spreading the news along to somebody who's looking for somebody or uh, patroning them myself. Um, you know, I do, my, I do my part because, like we also said, I'm not an entrepreneurial spirit. I don't have a 100% drive to be my own boss. But I do respect those who do. And the work and the sacrifice and the, the, you know, just the struggle that comes with being an entrepreneur. You need somebody to come in. You need to service people. So I will give you my service because, honestly, if you are down the street from me and you look like me and you got the same service, I'd rather come to you than going 8, 10, 12 miles, 13 miles somewhere else mm-hmm. to give them the same money. Now, I know that we're going to And then, like, have... hold on, to provide perspective, in Detroit, Detroit is a highly segregated um, metro area. Most people in Detroit are black, which means most of the businesses, we don't have a Target, we don't have a Walmart, we don't have uh, a Kroger, we don't have nationally syndicated uh, a national, national chains in the city of Detroit. So if we're going to buy anything from those places, we have to go to the suburbs. That just yeah. to give. So we questions. have to leave our own communities a lot of the times to get the services that we're looking for or the products that we need. And a lot of the time, if you find out, because a lot of the time we don't know that we have people in our net, in our community um, that can provide us with the things that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you get wind of it. I 
almost get excited sometimes. Like, oh wow, sister girl down the street doing the same thing that I need. That I've been going, you know, boo, boo, boo. I'm gonna go to her. And I've always like that's your first mind. Your first mind is always let me do that, let me do this, let me do that, let me go help holler at home girl so she can keep doing her business so I can keep patroning her. But the thing that is uh, problematic because I love that word is inconsistency but you know that's that's with a lot that's of something that I'm going to get into as because I am on the other side of this perspective I am a pseudo I'm calling myself a pseudo small business owner because I still see what I do as a more of a hustle a side hustle mm-hmm. than a small business because I have an LLC myself and I'm I'm not consistent mm-hmm. um so let, let's talk about it okay so what I what I did this raggy ass car is all about But anyway, so what I did was for this topic is I, I wanted to get um uh, a lot of feedback on this topic because everybody is in the same mindset that I need to support black businesses right now. So I put out some feelers on Facebook and Instagram asking people their experience, good, bad, and ugly with, with um black owned businesses. And I also asked black owned businesses their perspective on black consumers okay so i got a lot of feedback from the consumer most of it is negative a good percentage of it is positive and i got a lot of people in the middle and what i found is that people who support black businesses regularly are the ones who are giving me positive feedback as opposed to the people who do it sporadically you know and something that the black business owners specifically spoke about that I think that this is a, this is due to is that black folks come in with the mindset that you're going to fuck up or be unprofessional in some way. And they kind of wait on you to fuck up so they can say, I ain't never supporting them again. However, if I go to Target and I order something and Target get my order wrong, I'm okay taking a 20% discount and coming back next time. I won't even think about not supporting Target anymore. You know what I'm saying? Or if I go to Olive Garden and my food is overcooked and they tell me I can come back and get a free dinner, I'm never going to say I'm never coming back to Olive Garden. I'm going to say I'm not going to come back to this Olive Garden. But I'm going to keep giving them my dollar. But when it comes to a black business owner and they fuck up your order because, let's face it, we're human and most of us are a one-man show. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And we fuck up your order or, oh, I forgot. I did you know what? They so unprofessional. They just did it. I ain't never supporting them ever again. Why Why are we like that? Why do we come with this trial period mentality when it comes to black businesses? And I'm not talking about the unprofessional black businesses because let's be real. That's a real thing. There are so many black, and it's really in the health and beauty aspect. Nail techs, hair braiders, some of the most unprofessional people we have ever come across. Remember that video of that bitch? And I'm calling her a bitch because that's who she was, who was braiding old girl here in yeah. Flint. And she was on Facebook Live. That was the epitome of unprofessionalism. That, that's a lot of what people be talking about. Having their kids running around, um, all of that kind of stuff. So there is a negative aspect when it comes to customer service in the black community. Um, but I think that black consumers need to check their bias. That's such a thing right now. Everybody talking about white people checking their bias. Black folks, when it comes to supporting black businesses, because a lot of people who have never supported black businesses in the past are going to be supporting black businesses now, you check your bias. So, a lot of people's, not even a lot, but everybody's opinion is formulated from their experiences. 
And most people's experiences with black business, straight up, is small business. Mm-hmm. Like what you're saying on the whole fact of being a one-man show. So, first of all, that's people who need to realize, like you say, checking their bias. People need to realize that when you're dealing with a small business versus when you're dealing with a large corporation, that things are not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Not 100%. Professionalism is a unifying thing. It should be the same regardless if you're small or if you're large. But access, speediness, and just way that things are done are not going to be the same when you're talking about a small business versus a large corporation. So to say a small business, a hair beauty uh, beauty supply, okay, there's a couple black-owned beauty supplies in the, in the city. I don't know them personally. I know I've had a couple, you know, but there's a few. But there's also your targets that sell black hair products. There's your uh, Sally beauty supplies that sell black hair products. And there's all these other different larger chain communities that have the ability to make those um, consumer marketing strategies where yeah. buy one do this or um yeah and then another thing that i want to talk about in a facebook uh post somebody asked me to speak specifically on asian people and their monopoly really on the beauty industry yeah. in this in the city and i wanted to speak on this because people who have the ability to buy buildings and to um get loans and actually establish themselves as a medium-sized business have the barrier of of getting loans yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So then you have this, and then and this wraps everything. Come back to slavery. Let's be real, okay? Yeah. Black people and financial growth um, are like oil and water. It's limited. Okay. Though. First of all, yeah. many black people do not have the financial knowledge that a lot of white and immigrant people do have. Mm-hmm. Immigrants have the benefit of not paying taxes, and. What they do is, is once they reach a certain point in their immigration status where they have to start paying taxes, it goes into somebody else's name who just got here mm-hmm. in the family, and they don't have to pay taxes. Black folks have been here long enough that we're 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 we're, we're not natives at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're natives at this point. We're paying taxes. Right. Redlining. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's you know that that's a that's a grandchild of 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 um, segregation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Of white supremacy. It all rolls back into that. Black folks who were successful business owners, you know what I'm saying? Now they're talking about uh, the Central Park, how they bulldozed the whole black community to build Central Park in New York. Black Bottom in Detroit with thriving black-owned businesses, guess what it is now? It's the fucking freeway. They build, they, every time black people were successful business owners, they would bulldoze, literally tear it down and build some shit that, you know what I'm saying, something irrelevant at the time. So black people do not have generational knowledge. I'm not talking about wealth. Generational knowledge to even build that wealth. Whereas white, Hispanic, um, all these other nationalities have that. They have generational knowledge to establish a business and make it be successful. Mm-hmm. Black folks don't have that. That's why grandma's soul food is a hole in the wall and then the sun come and it closed down because we don't have that same knowledge. Not only that same, it's, it's knowledge and it's pride. Because, well, maybe not pride, but the thing is the fact that grandson don't want to take it over is an issue. Not all the time. Because we're full American. Like, you gotta think about it. Americans are about self. Yeah. 
And I don't care. This is this is the reason why I'm never gonna be one of the black people say I'm moving to Africa. I'm not it, at my core, okay. I'm proud of my African heritage, but I am a full-bred American. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I am never going to be one of those people that's going to put my family's interests above my own because I'm an American. It is what it is. And, you know, black folks have been here long enough that I'm more American than I am African. Yep. And it's like I identify with a lot of American um a lot of American ideology because I have been bred as my mother, full American, my grandmother, full American, my great grandmother, full American. So we're going to, I, we're going to internalize those American ideologies. So that's why when black people say like, I'm one of those black people that say, I am not African American. I'm black. Mm -hmm. I say that all the time mm -hmm. because I'm not African American because I've never been to Africa. My family ain't never been. My to heritage is African. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, am American. I'm a black American. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why black Americans are fighting for their right to be treated equally in their country because this is our native country at this point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We can't keep saying, oh, we from Africa. No, from where? Africa's a continent. Mm -hmm. Where in Africa are we from? Right. So, to what you're saying how, you know, um, I, I definitely speak towards immigrant families specifically. Immigrant families are first, maybe second generation immigrants. And a lot of these immigrant families, specifically Asian American families, their whole mentality in those countries are we work for the collective. Mm -hmm. Individualism is not a thing. Nope. Mm -hmm. It's about the collective. It's about what's best for the family, what's best for our country, and so on and so. That's why coronavirus didn't hit like it did here, because we about self and they about each other. Yeah. So when you know, and I don't okay, when Amy Lane, you know what I'm saying, her parents own a store. And they say, all right, Amy, it's time for you to take over. It's not even a fucking question. Like, she got a little bit of her American side pulling at her, yes. But her parents are like, listen, we came to this country. We did this, we did that, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. She's going to take over that store and make sure it's And she feels okay with it. Right. Now, there's nothing wrong because that's what as you said. The heart of being an American is about um, the pursuit of happiness. For and self, yeah. Exactly. For whatever you feel as an individual you believe that you love, that this, that, and It's all about, like you say, self. You, 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 me, me, me. The world don't revolve around you, right? Blah, 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 blah. In America, they always say that. It's about you. Yeah. And about how you decide to live your life and your religion. And you're the and best. Your dissipation. And uh, your career. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Your family. Da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, that's an American state of mind. Yes. Which is why we're not, you know, people can't stand us anywhere else. Selfish, right? Um, and you kind of are a sore thumb. Anywhere else you go, you can mm -hmm. see it. You stick out. I don't care if you're black, white, yellow, whatever you are. You stick out as an American because, oh, first of all, you're probably fat. Second of all, <laughs> second of all you're loud, you're yeah. obnoxious. It's very easy, even before you open your mouth sometimes, to be identified as American. Yeah. Black, white, or other. But when it comes to being no, an American. You didn't pop your lips that day or loud. I did Ooh. not pop my lips. Done. I, <laughs> I did do that. I did do that though. I did have to uh, pull my tongue from the roof of my mouth. However, I say that to say the entrepreneurial struggle comes from the American selfishness. 
laziness. So, for me, I already started just saying that I love... I, I automatically have a, a thing, a drive in me that pushes me to want to support and, and help and champion other people that I identify with, that look like me, that act like me, whatever. Mm-hmm. I already know that. That's your, your innate drive. You want to help those that you love. But when you go to do that, a lot of people's experiences have been negative in the sense of, all right, I'm here. I'm coming to you instead of going somewhere a lot more convenient for me or a lot that I've been bred to believe is more convenient for me. I'm coming to you. And then you get to them and it's a whole let down. And see, here's the thing, though, because we're comparing them to white-owned establishments. Right. And we can't, you know, you can't say this big old corporation should be the same as this small, small business because it's not going to be the same in what you're but getting. But we do. Because you're going to them for the same service that you would go to a big corporation. But see, and here's another thing. Black people have always had to make a way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if Nikki is good at braiding hair, guess where Nikki gonna start braiding hair at? Nikki gonna start braiding hair in her kitchen. Mm-hmm. Where her kids are because she don't have no child care. Mm-hmm. Now, one of, one of the Facebook posts I got was, um, I don't like paying salon prices for living room service. And then she went on to explain what she meant. She said, I got my hair done by a girl who had two toddlers running around, being thirsty, asking questions, looking, uh, playing loud TV. Lord, I never went back. And a lot of us have had experiences like that. You know, we're like, what the fuck? Even with the Africans. You know what I'm saying? They sit there talking shit. They hear you there. You know, all that kind of stuff. But here's, here's the difference. If Maggie, a white girl, wanted to do hair, Chances are, and I'm not saying this as a blanket statement, just as a generalization. Chances are, she's going to say, Mom, Dad, I think I want to do hair. All right, Maggie, we're going to pull from the savings and send you to beauty school. Mm-hmm. Maggie's going to do her whole beauty school experience, pay for it. For, she don't have to get loans and all that kind of stuff. And even if she do have to get loans, her parents' credit are probably good enough that she can. You know what I'm saying? Then Maggie is going to have the credentials she needs to get into a salon. And Maggie never has to have that hustle, have a hustle period of her life. Black people don't have that. Mm-hmm. We already mentioned in our segment before that a lot of black people are single family homes. Mm-hmm. Okay? A lot of black people, most black people, me, you, and, and Jessica are outliers. Mm-hmm. We are middle class. Most black people are low income or poverty stricken mm-hmm. in this country. They ain't got no credit to go to no beauty school. First of all, ain't no beauty schools around them. Right. Because most of them don't have transportation mm-hmm. to go yeah, nowhere. It's too far away. Yeah. It's too far away. Black people got swag. Why do you think the whole world is stealing from us and half is stealing from us for generations? Okay? So we going to be the coldest. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Nikki is going to be the coldest braider there is. But Nikki could not afford to go to beauty school. Who going to watch her kids? Even if she got the money, even if she got the time, who gonna do it for her? Mm-hmm. Nikki can't get, and she can't go to no salon because they require what? You gotta pay booth yeah. fees. Mm-hmm. You gotta have certificates. So yes, it's inconvenient for you to go and her kids is there and they getting on your nerves. But what other option does Nikki have? And that's the shit I need black people to start thinking about before they say, oh, I'm never going back. If you want to go to a salon and get your hair done for $90 and be mad at the results because they're not as good as what Nikki would do because you don't want to deal with her kids, then shut the fuck up. And that kills me. 
salon prices for hair basement service, right? First of all, it's the same surface service, right. regardless if you're in a salon or if you're in a kitchen. Because what you're paying for is to be in that salon. Let's exactly. be real. You're paying for you're paying her for experience. You're paying for lights, gas, all that kind of stuff. Not even an experience. The, the service is service. shit. Right. And you the service, damn day, you uncomfortable, you hide, they still lie. Exactly. But the service itself, you went to Nikki's kitchen to get a press and curl. So then you went to best cuts or some bullshit for a press and curl. You gonna pay Seventy-five dollars versus forty or something. So I'm gonna throw this in there. Am I gonna get a wash? I'm gonna get my hair dry. It depends on the stylist. That, yeah. Now that's now that's some shit. Now that's shit. I'm gonna throw that out there because that's what a lot of people say. Now me, I'm gonna get my hair braided. I already know I gotta wash and blow dry my hair. It well, then, okay. Let me let me say this. I agree. <laughs> I agree. As somebody who does, because I do hair on the side, I am not gonna call myself a hairstylist because I don't think I'm good enough to charge ridiculous amounts of money. I, I don't hone my craft enough to do it. Mm-hmm. But I am going to wash you. Mm-hmm. Because I know that the, the styles that I do, I usually do, I usually press and curl, I usually do natural styles, sometimes I'll braid. But the outcome is going to change depending on how clean your hair is. And I'm not about to charge you an arm and a leg and I don't know how, and I didn't clean my, your hair myself. But a lot of that, but a lot of that that whole salon experience like you said comes with your space and with the time that you have available to you and my thing is this you patronize certain places whether they're corporate or I mean large and corporate or small based off of what services they render you don't go there based off of what you want them to do. You go well. You do go based off of what you want them to do, but you're not expecting them to do stuff that they don't. You go or to that part, or they. You know saying you know who you're dealing with before you do it, and a lot of the times, I think a lot of people expect us as, and I'm not speaking from an entrepreneurial spirit. That's more you, but I think when we support other black people, we want them to do more than what they say they're doing. Honey, let me let me speak on that because that's real. I have had many entrepreneurial endeavors in my life okay i started off uh in high school no 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 i'm telling i'm throwing it back in high school i was boo bad city man hey, anything you want that direction i got out and destroyed many of computers okay i was able i was the boo bad city man no wait, wait wait no that was my second job my first one was in middle school i was selling juices and shit i would i would put my see listen it was two of us there's one nigga named Alex and me. You remember Alex? I Alex. So I, he had Capri Suns. I had Capri Suns. I had the Capri Suns in the bottle. My shit was frozen. So my shit was cold. So they would come get it for me. So that was my first side hustle. Then I was the blue CD, CD man in high school. And then in college, I kind of, no, I started doing hair, but I wasn't charged. I was doing it for my friends. I was like, I do y'all hair. <laughs> Stupid. But anyway, um, in college, I didn't really do anything. Then when I came home, I started selling jewelry my last couple of years in college. Then I got into my shea butter as I got out of college, and I've been doing that for a couple of years, and I do hair here and there. And then, oh, I forgot to clean houses, too. Oh, yeah, I did, did a whole lot houses. of shit. Okay? You did clean houses. Now, the cleaning houses shit really exposed some bullshit that the black community do to small businesses, okay? Black people expect a hookup on everything mm-hmm. because you black. Mm-hmm. Did I not just explain all of the barriers that small business owners have? First of all, we have no capital. We ain't got no money. Mm-hmm. We starting with my mama vacuum cleaner, the swiffer duster I just got from Target before I got here, and whatever cleaning products you got in your house. I 
need all my, my coins. Mm-hmm. Black people don't want to pay for services rendered. They want you to do the most outstanding job possible and don't want to pay for it. They want to give you $20 million to clean their whole house. You kiss my entire black ass. Mm-hmm. But then they want to call you unprofessional and say you overcharge and you price gouging, which some black people, we're going to get into that. But for the most part, I think that black people do not want to pay for what they're asking black people to do. And, and most black people do things that are labor intensive for, for small businesses. When it comes to like people who make food, cakes mm-hmm. and stuff like that, yeah. they want a whole fucking HGT, no, what is that? Food Network wedding cake and want to pay you $20, $30. And it kills mm-hmm. me. Because as a consumer, that's the other side of this. As a as a business owner, you rendering services, but a com- consumer doesn't know how much those services usually cost. No idea. They and a lot of the time, they're just doing what they think they're going to do. Like you said, because you black, I'm black, I want you to give me the hookup, cuz. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's more of a thing where it's like, well, you're asking me to clean your house. So each room and any other services, if you go Molly Mae or any of the other white people services, you'll see that they have a whole list mm-hmm. of services. A la carte. Mm-hmm. Um, closet organization, laundry, folding laundry, putting laundry away, sleeping floors, da 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 There's a literal list, like you say, a la carte that they go through based off of services rendered. And they get really specific, and then they charge on it. But we just, as business starters, like you said, we hustle. Because we, we need to clientele. So a lot of, a lot of, I'm going to let you finish, but a lot of black people will, I know me personally, I will cheapen my service to gain the clientele. But then what happens is I get stuck at that price point. Yeah. Because as soon as I say, well, now nah, I charge it, oh, that's okay. Then they don't want to pay for it. And that's, no. that's a problem that a lot of entrepreneurs make. I'm not going to say that that's wrong because you got to build up your clientele some way. But a lot of the times we undercut ourselves. Mm-hmm. Way too much just in competition with the next person. Because like they say, it can only be one, right? But if there's going to be one, I'm going to be the best one because I gave you the best price. But I undercut myself so much that I can't sustain myself with it. And that was my own fault because I didn't know how much my services were worth. Now, here's my thing. When you do increase your pro- your prices... Like, let's say, for instance, when we go get our hair braided at, she has increased her prices. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? I am okay with it. I have no problem because also her skill set has improved. Yeah. Since when I have first started going to it. So, mm-hmm. if you're not, so, uh, why would I say, okay, you charged me $65, like, maybe two or three years ago, but now that means you have two or three years of, of that experience, experience yeah. in building your skill set. To where my crochet can look like some actual braids. So if you go from 65 to let's say 90 or 100, whatever, I'm not gonna be like, what? You're increasing? No, I'm not see, But see, I think you're rare in that. And then also, what people gotta consider is like, if I started off charging people, you know, let's say I was cleaning the house, let's say, you know, $40 a room, mm-hmm. whatever. And I got 50 clients now. Before it was you, my mama, my grandma, my auntie. Now I got 50 clients. Mm-hmm. I could charge more because supply and demand. Mm-hmm. I have to, you know what I'm saying? Like yes. you, now I got Basically, you are paying for my time now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, but 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 the problem with black folks is they don't want to do that. It's basic, they don't want to yeah. do it if they like they'll pay. You know, maze.com, whatever the fuck they ask for, because that's their price. Yeah. But when it comes to us, because I look like them, they expect the hookup. Mm-hmm. They expect it, and they come to the gate like, you know, this let me get, I got a particular client right now. I said, the thing that I do the most now is my shape butter. 
Mm-hmm. My shea butter is arguably the best shea butter in the metro area. Mm-hmm. Arguably. Okay? Mm-hmm. I've had people tell, and I'm not saying this based on my own experience. I Because I've always made my own. I've never used anybody else's. I'm saying this based on other people who have gone, and I'm, in, I'm one of them inconsistent people. I'm not consistent with it, and that's why I call it a side hustle. Mm-hmm. But I've had people who come who will look for me after years. Like, oh, I need your show. It's I've tried this. I've tried this person. i tried that person. Yours is the best. <laughs> oh, the damn fireworks scared the house. I thought it was a dog or a bird. Oh, my God. Why are they doing fireworks at 5 o'clock in the day? Oh, hey, kitty. Ah. But anyway, like, um, I've had people tell me that I have the best products, if you know, compared to my competitors. And um, I don't forget what the fuck I was talking about. I brought this up. No, and see, I forgot. I regarding the shea butter. This is so funny because I see other people share the other shea butter. I'm like, I bet it's not gonna be your shea butter. <laughs> like, and, 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 and I'm like, I know it's not the same. And like, I just like. Mm. Yeah, I can't like this thing. Which is why, this is, <laughs> which is why you know what. This is the thing about I remember product, my point. So when you finish, okay. I'm gonna go product back. loyalty, right? Remember yeah. we mentioned we talked about that before. When you fuck with a product as a black person, we're so inviting, we're so this and we're so that. You're gonna keep fucking with that product, yeah. and sometimes with the inconsistency, it falls through because yeah. it's like, I really want to fuck with your shit, but I only need it every four One times a year. Yeah, I might need your stuff four times a year, and every time I come to get it. Yeah, I don't have you yeah. right, and if you got it, good. But if you don't, then I gotta wait for you. And most places, there's too much competition for me to continue. Yeah, to and that's and that's another point I'm gonna touch on. But to get back to my original point, so as you can hear, I have a product from my customers that are telling me I've had repeat people I ain't seen in years. Well, you know, look up, look me up on Facebook, find my email, send me an email. I ain't sold them nothing in three, four years just so they can get another product for me. I have a particular customer that happens to be um, related to me. I will not mention this person's name. Who um, who will try to always pay less for what I'm trying, what I'm providing. You know, I charge a three dollar delivery fee. I live far east. Detroit is split up east and west side. I live in the eastern suburbs, and I live very deep east. Most people I know live very deep west. I'm charging a delivery fee to bring it to you because it's a service. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing you your product. You're going to pay for your product, and then you're going to pay for the fact that I'm bringing it to you. That all, that's not all in one. Um, you know, same thing when you go online shopping and they say that the shipping fee, you be like, mm, let me not do this right now. But anyway, you know, this person lives very far west. And, you know, she's ordered, you know, three, four, five things or whatever, and her total might come up to like $50 or something like that. And I said, well, your total is $53. Well, why is it 53? I said, because of the delivery fee. Well, I mean, it's, you know what? Can I just get another shea butter? Because that's cheaper than paying a delivery fee. And I'm like, well, no, because I'm still giving you something for free. I'm delivering it for free. You're still not paying me for services rendered. The delivery is a service. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you got, you got people like that. I deal with people like that all the time who don't want to pay for something. You know what I'm saying? They feel like, oh, I'm already spending fifty dollars, but you don't you're not considering the fact how much the shape, the raw shape, how much the raw ingredients cost. Packaging, labeling, mm-hmm. buying a damn bag to give it to you, the gas, the mileage, the all that kind of stuff. I'm, you're not considering any of those things when you ask it for the hookup, when you don't want to pay three damn dollars for me to bring it to you. 
And you the problem, saying? like you said, best believe if they was buying anything off of Fashion Nova, they buying the product plus they buying the shipping yeah. product. And that's just the thing, services rendered. But a lot of that, yes, it's also the fact that people are selective with who they're going to um, negotiate with. Most people aren't going to negotiate with established. Yeah, and that's that's and that's that that's the that's the point I'm making. Yeah, people do this to black owners, business owners. They're not going to do this to if okay. Detroit is currently going through gentrification. It's a lot of white folks opening businesses in black hoods. Okay, mm-hmm. they ain't never gonna walk in a white lady store and say, "Well, you know, I really don't want to pay that." I only really want to pay this amount. They're not going to say that. But let it be a black-owned business. They feel more comfortable doing that because they feel like, well, I'm supporting you. I'm, right. I'm here. You at I'm least should you give me favor. something when you a favor. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you, they don't, you don't have that mentality with any other mm-hmm. business. And that's unfortunate. And a lot of the times, um, it, it's like a, a domino downward spiral. I really shouldn't call it a downward spiral, but it's one thing feeds into another, which feeds into another, which feeds into another. It's a cycle. The first thing that I said was that most black businesses are small businesses. Yep. And there's a difference between a small business and a large business. And large businesses have more resources available. Resources. And it makes things a lot easier to patron a large business because they have the ability to literally cater to you. They can literally cater to you the way that we as consumers are used to. Not even used to, but we've grown up because most of our people have to go, like you said earlier, outside of city limits, outside of the community in which we dwell, and patron large established businesses give them our money oh i'm glad you just said that i want to read a line from this article uh it's called why do black businesses fail circulation of the black dollar african americans make up one trillion dollars in revenue a year one trillion we just got our first trillionaire how many what what last couple years mm-hmm. the the support should be much higher. That's a whole. In our communities, if we were to circulate our dollar in the community for le- at least a week, one week, we'd be doing if a we lot circulated better. our own mm-hmm. money in our own community, we'd be we doing would, a lot better. It will change. And you know what? The thing is this, and I had mentioned this earlier too, we don't know our black businesses just off rip. We don't know who's actually black owned. Unless somebody else told you. That's the first thing. Our marketing, the overhead, costs money to advertise. Oh, let, I'm going to speak on that too. Hold up. But I'm going to speak on that. Go ahead, Jessica. No, I love to support my own. I have no problem with it. My grandparents have owned businesses. You know what? I love black-owned businesses. My own. My only plight, plight is now is that I'm a black woman who now stays in the suburban outskirts. And now I, if I want anything to be black owned, I literally, it's either online or I have to go into the city. Mm -hmm. But also I'm a black mother. You know, I can't maneuver all the time to go into, onto six mile. If I stay 
all the way north on 75. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. So my only plight is, is that I wish, yes, we want to start businesses in our community. We want to start stuff in Detroit. But also I think it needs to resonate in some people's mind. Maybe I should see if I can move on the outskirts a little and bit. And you know what? That and is that true. would actually, you would get that extra, you know, black It's people. interesting you said that because I passed to actually preach today about uh suburbia you know yeah, what i'm saying and he high. he said he talked about the history like why is it why is the suburbs in its core racist because when they passed brown versus the board of education and they integrated schools what white people did is they said all right fuck y'all i'm gonna just move to the country and create my own city where y'all can come in and redlining and all of that kind of stuff so he basically what it said is like He's not making black folks that live in the suburbs uncomfortable, but you need to bring your black ass back to the city to so he didn't say that. But you need to bring your black behind back to the city, support your own people. Or like Jessica's saying, if you live in the city, open your own business. I mean, live in the suburb, open your own business in the suburbs so that the people who live there can support you yeah. as opposed to supporting somebody, those, somebody else. Because somebody they're else. not there. That's an additional presence. Be, I have to move back to the city. Trust me, I love the city. I lived in the city. But also, the jobs that I work are I'm outside, of the, city, outside right? of the city. So now I have to sit here and live in the middle to try to get to these places yeah. where I can maneuver to. So the jobs that I can get to, mm -hmm. because uh, not all of them in the city, not everyone wants to work for Quick and Loans. And I'm going to say that. Not everyone wants to work for Quick and Loans. But see, Quick and Loans is downtown. That's not even talking about the that's actual city itself. Yeah. And that's oversaturated with white people, too. Exactly. So, it's like, okay, look, I love to support y'all, but I cannot make it down to six and seven miles. I can't make it down to these places every day that I want something. Literally, if I do this, it's when I'm in the area. Yeah. But guess what? When am I actually always in that area yeah. if I don't live out there? True. Right. That's how it goes. So it's like, you always have that move back to the city. But you got to think. We move, we do things outside the city because sometimes it's just what life is. It's not like back in the days anymore. Right. So it's like, just, I just wish more black businesses would be a little bit on the outskirts and not everyone be six, seven, Eight. Okay. So <laughs> this this is I wanna go back to something Kalisa mentioned. Kalisa said that a lot of people do not know where black people are, black businesses are, or that a black owned business is a black owned business. I call bullshit on that in some respects. Yes, I think that that's true. Um with brick and mortar. With brick and mortar, okay? But like we've already established, most black businesses are online mm -hmm. or small business. I have, like I said, Started many business ventures, okay? And the main reason that I give up is because I have I lack support. Nobody is supposed to support me just because I'm black. I, I get that. I, I'm not asking people to buy my services, but how hard is it for you to like my page? How hard is it for you to share a post? How hard is it for you to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I have had, you know, the same people. I would see people that come up to my face. Oh, I see you doing, uh, like, with the podcast. Oh, I heard, I seen your podcast post, da 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 all this kind of stuff, but I look on my Facebook and you still haven't liked it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, I, I don't believe for a second that black people don't have access to black-owned businesses. I think that they choose not to support them. Yeah. That I is true, too. They choose yes. not to. That's another and, facet of it. Yes. And black people are quick to support some other black person they don't know. Mm -hmm. I have had 
success with strangers supporting me, black women strangers, female strangers, than I have with the people that I have around me. And that's that's going and back to that I don't mentality. understand, and I think it is. Yeah. I, I really don't understand why it is so difficult to get the people in your own life who know you to support you. I got, you know, I don't have a ton of pe- friends on Facebook, but I got enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it shouldn't just be the same 60 people doing, you know, like supporting me, and I got hundreds of friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, and I know a lot of black owned businesses, um, a lot a lot of black business owners go through the same struggle where they just can't like just like my I'm not asking you to buy anything. Nothing. I'm just asking you to share my posts. Everybody know how Facebook and Instagram algorithms work. They they know that. If I'm not gonna get anybody with five people seeing it, like it, share it, put a comment, put a, a thumbs up, anything. That's simple. That's free. People won't do that. Now, I'm gonna say this. Since we've been in quarantine, this should have been the best time for any black-owned business to go to online support. Mm-hmm. And some people did not do that. They just got stuck. Like, oh my God, what am I supposed to do? But now we're moving into a whole nother thing to where this pandemic hit. Yes, outside is opening, but now you have new rules to go by. Yeah. And still, some people that's like, it's I'm not easier. touching outside. It's Fuck easier to shop going out here. Yeah. So now, if now you have to learn how to move your product from just being in store to now online, and it's a ton of it's a ton of um platforms you can do this on. Starting a web page is not hard at all. Mm-hmm. Shopify. Yes. Uh, what's the other one? Facebook Vix. even has something to where you can set up your own online. Yeah, you do e-commerce on Facebook. There's plenty of places you can do e-commerce. People have to understand now is, okay, you got to start moving from that brick and mortar to now you have to do online. Which they should have did from jump because most consumers at this point are millennials or Gen Z. Mm-hmm. We ain't going to your damn store we can buy it online. I'm sorry. If I can get something... Digitally, I'm not going to talk to a person. That's I and mean, I feel like most millennials are like that. Most millennials that want to talk to people are rare. Mm-hmm. Most of them are like, can I do it online? Mm-hmm. Can I talk to a, a robot? I'd rather talk to a robot than a person because I yeah. get what I need. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So okay, I wanna I wanna move the conversation back to um, some of these Facebook posts that I got. So the first ones I'm gonna go through is the because we've been talking about the business owner perspective a lot, and then we're gonna get back into the consumer. So the business owner perspective majority of those are negative like all of them are negative um and some of the posts is i just wish people would check the site before asking me stuff only have black consumers for the most part i love my black shoppers so what she's saying basically is that black people won't even go to your website they will see your posts with your website on it and ask you a billion questions and then get mad when you say well all of that is on my website you can just go check it out because and they're like well I don't understand why, and then they get an attitude because you I'm didn't want to answer them, but you're not going to do that at Target. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, you're going, it's, it's, they, it's, like, this goes back to what I was, we was talking about before. They expect us to do above and beyond just because you know me. No, I'm still, a, at the end of this, is about business. This is business. Another one. Hey, my biggest pet peeve with that whole thing is, even when somebody can say, this is how much something is, they can give you a price list and you're still going to ask, well, how much is that apple pie? Well, didn't I say the apple pie is fifteen dollars right here? So why are you asking? Or what can I get for? I only got twenty dollars. What can I get for that? Nothing, because these are my prices. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Another another one said, uh, "This is now I can attest to this because my 
Shaper has many part pieces and parts that I have to buy. How much materials and shipping actually costs, plus how long it takes to make these products. The pandemic is uh, messing up the supply chain. Mm -hmm. You know, you see this at Wendy's. Certain shit you can't get because the supply chain is messed up. Certain, like for me, it's certain fragrances, certain uh, ingredients I can't get, I cannot get anymore. I can't get my hands on it. Now, mind you, I haven't had negative experience. My customers are understanding because I, I try to be as professional as possible and I try to communicate as possible because that's one of my pet peeves with black businesses. And like, for instance, I have a certain fragrance oil that sold out my main supplier that I had to get from a different supplier and they've taken forever to send it to me. Somebody's already paid for their product. And, you know, because that's another thing I started. I paid, you got to pay for your product before I even make it. Because I got people, I got somebody order right now that ordered a month ago talking about, oh, I'm going to come get it. Oh, I'm going to this, I'm going to that. She, nothing. So I've had, I went through times where I got all this product I can't sell because you said you were going to come get something and you didn't. But anyway, so, you know, I've been in communication with her. Like, you know, as soon as I know something, I'll let you know. And, you know, like a week went by, she, like, she asked me, like, hey, what's going on? And I said, you know what? I haven't heard from them. I will refund your money until the time, until I get it, and then I'll let you know. No problem. Don't worry about it. Just let me know when it comes in. And see, look, that right there is rare. Yeah, I know. Some people won't even say, I refund your money. They'll just go like, well, it's not in yet. Okay, so what is my option? Can I get my money back? No, you can't get your money back. Well, why can't I if the service that I'm asking for mm-hmm. or whatever I'm asking for, you can't give me Absolutely. at this time? It Absolutely. should be an option. And no, I don't want no store credit. Because that's what they, well, I can give you credit for something else. No, because what I ask you for is you don't have. Yeah. So give me the money that for the item that I asked for back. It shouldn't be, uh, it shouldn't be an issue if you don't have it. Right. Because now you're making it seem that the money that you got have already, has already been spent. Because and that's, 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 exactly. and that's, that's the case most of the time. And, and because, because we don't have petty cash, because we don't have a line of credit, because we don't have insurance. It has been spent, and they ain't got it. And that's, that, <laughs> unfortunately, is the unprofessionalism of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Because my own parents were guilty of that all the time. Because you have to pay the cost to operate. And a lot of the times when you get a deposit or you get any kind of balance, or anything, it's going right back into your business for, to, for operating costs one way or another. You got to pay your, your employee. You got to do something. You got to pay your own bills, pay yourself, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, that should not happen with money for services that haven't been rendered. And and it does because it's business, like you're saying. It does happen. But like you said, the petty cash is a big deal, but we don't have an operating mm-hmm. petty cash, and we don't have an accountant, we don't have all these other things mm-hmm. that even taught us about petty cash because most of us don't even know that you should have a petty cash fund. Mm-hmm. And then see, this thing, though, most of us who have small businesses, this is our second line of income. We got a, we got a nine to five. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to be able to get petty cash out of the cash that's coming from your side hustle, then tell people, I will give you a refund within two weeks. Because everybody gets paid every two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Take it out of your other money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's all just kind of going it's like, like, I, like I, had a, yeah. I had an example a couple of years ago. I did a huge order of bath bombs for somebody for their wedding. Shipping destroyed the entire order. She got her service, but it, she couldn't use it. Mm-hmm. Gave her a refund. $200. Gone. Time, labor, all of that. But she could not use it. Mm-hmm. If I go to an ice cream store and I got my ice cream outside of their business, technically, 
they don't have to give me nothing. I'm going to go back there and cry with my little kid and get him another scoop. I'm like, first off, you saw it drop. But that's, that's my point. Right? That's, <laughs> like, that's an expectation of this. It's like, I, could, I couldn't afford to give her. The, I don't know how much money I spent making that order. It didn't matter because she couldn't use it. And as a business owner, that's a loss. That you, that's a that's a calculated loss. That's an occupational hazard that comes with being a small business owner. Those things happen. Okay, so let's let's get back into these negative mind. Um, I mean, to these. Uh, what what is this one? The the business owner input. I hate that black. Oh wait, yeah, I hate that black businesses are only given one chance to have a mishap before they are canceled. Cancel culture. Um, okay, so that's really all I got from the small business owner. Most of it was from consumers. Now, almost unanimously, bad customer service. You I got that so many times. Bad customer service, uh, overall sloppiness, need to put more effort into marketing, belief that they can treat black customers any kind of way. Um... Things are overpriced, price gouging. I got that a lot, which I think is a uh, these online boutiques are so guilty of. Yeah. Because bitch, I just saw that whole set of shit on Amazon for twenty dollars, and you trying to charge me one hundred fifty dollars for it? Mm-hmm. The fuck out of here. No. And they be online boutiques. Y'all You're not paying for no liquor same more. Vendors. Yes. And the thing is, is I will pay one hundred fifty dollars for it if I get it for a store, because I understand I'm paying for you to operate this store. It's an online boutique. And that shit sitting in your closet. You, there's no upkeep cost that I'm paying. It's, it, that price margin, that profit margin is ridiculous. And I think a lot of black business owners overprice their stuff. Yeah, ridiculously yeah. overprice their stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I never forget. I was at um, a couple years ago when I just started the Shaver business. Uh, side hustle, excuse me. Let me be clear. The Shaver side hustle. I was at the Rusty Bucket, the Rusty Belt. Bucket, whatever it in, rolls in, in uh, Royal Oak, whatever. And this girl was selling uh, Shea Butter. She had these cute little glass mason jars, whatever. It was like four ounces of product. It was no, like two ounces of product. That shit was twenty five dollars. I said, "Bitch, you lost your goddamn." I know how much you make to to make that. You out of your goddamn mind mm-hmm. because no. And then you got to think about this. Then I bring it up because she was paying for the fact that she was in this this this. Uh, this market that you got to pay rent for or whatever, all that kind of shit. Expensive ass glasses, glass uh, jars, and you know all that stuff. She was paying. You're paying more for that than the product itself. Mm-hmm. So I'm not about to pay. It's the same reason I don't. I don't patronize Fashion Nova. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying for rainbow clothes. Right, and I'm and I'm I'm paying, paying you more some prices. You out of your right. fucking mind. At the end of the day, I'm still paying for a product. I'm expecting the quality to match how much I just gave you. Right. And a lot of these black businesses are not doing that. Right. They're giving you paper quality and they want, I mean, what is that? Hot dog water and champagne wishes? Is, yeah. is that? Yeah. That right there. I'm not about to pay all this damn money for a jumpsuit that's going to tear on me in two days. Right. You get that? No, that's, that's, and then I have, over the years, have went through so many black, and this is the struggle of supporting black businesses. I've gone through so many black owned businesses, online boutiques, and I'm like, this bitch is tripping. I'm not paying for that. Absolutely not, because I just saw it on Shein for $20. Mm-hmm. I just saw it on AliExpress for nothing. And it's the exact same thing for $150. Like, you, no, I'm not doing that. You tripping. And I know how much it costs to run an e-commerce uh, site. Some of them are free. 
So what exactly? And shipping, you put it in the flat rate shipping box. Mm -hmm. That's seven dollars. The the most expensive is fifteen. Mm -hmm. But I'm paying you twenty five dollars for shipping. So I'm paying you making a profit off my shipping. That makes no sense, and that and I think that's the real struggle with supporting black-owned businesses because of the price gouging. It's ridiculous. Now I will say, I have had that happen personally, even recently. I went on ahead and because, like I said, I went there just going to get this product, and I was like, you know, you are for charging these prices. I'm gonna go ahead and get it because I want the shit anyway. But I, now I know that I'm not going to come back. And that's mm -hmm. unfortunate because you're right. Black people, blah, blah, blah. But you got a subset of people that do it for whatever their reasons are um, to take, you know, profits and cost of operating into it. And then you got the other separate set of people who's just doing it just to do it because they yeah. can get away with it. Because, oh, I'm going to take advantage of the people that want to innately help me and be my uh, champion. And come and work with me because they know I'm a liquor store in the hood. And that, 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 that. I ain't no other liquor stores that got black people owning them but me. So they're going to come to me. And I'm going to charge $50 for a pint of Don Julio. Whereas the person down the street, uh, I'm, you know. Okay, let me say this. Let me say this. Because I have heard people say to black businesses, you charge all this, I'm going to the A-Rab down the street and get it for blah, 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 blah. And it's like, so you're really not here to support me. You're here to get it for nothing. And that goes back to my point. I'm That's not what I'm saying. Oh, what sorry. I'm saying sorry. is that I'm talking about the point of the gouging where you're charging $15 extra for the same case or the bottle of the case of something else that you got. I know if you bought a case of whatever liquor, I don't know, the case cost X amount of dollars mm -hmm. and you got X amount of bottles in the case. Yeah. And then you figure out your profit per bottle off of that. Yeah. And if I know that um, our... Middle Eastern cousins have done the same thing that you done. Exactly, have done the exact same thing that you did. They bought the same case from the same supplier that you got yours from, and they have their same, the same strip. And you're in the same, same. strip. Mm -hmm. So why is it that he is charging his for thirty dollars, but yours is fifty? Yeah, I agree. I don't care whatever margins and other things you decided that saying that oh it cost me this much to buy. I know it didn't. So that's the problem where it's about manipulation and it's about um, I got a good all of that status for this one. So another person said, "I want black-owned businesses to provide professional, competent services. Don't overcharge people. Have well-organized leadership and good customer service. Most of the experiences with black companies that I've had have been poor. People treat you as if you are a hustle and not a returning customer." What Kalisa is talking about. We have to stop starting businesses if we don't know the trade. Just because you are interested in something, if you do not have a full knowledge of the laws, rules, regulations related to the trade, then you are doing your customers a disservice. And that's true. And it's true. So I, I, that's I, I, true. I'm a cat. That's awesome. That was an awesome post. Because that goes back to the education that I'm talking about. People want to jump into stuff because they got a passion for it. But they don't mm -hmm. take the time out to figure out what it actually takes to do mm -hmm. the business. And in turn, as a cons consumer, they don't want to do the comparisons. And that's and I will just say, as a personal, that's why I stopped saying I have a small business. Yeah. That exact reason. Because as I started to do it, I realized what it took to do it and I didn't want to. So that's why I said, 
Facts. And the thing is, honestly, at the end of the day, you can charge what you want for whatever you doing. But you have to understand but that you have to, competitors. Exactly, because there are competitors and they're doing the same thing that you're doing. And the whole thing is, that's what you're talking about, supply and demand. Well, the demand is here. I want it. But I also know that I can get supplied from A, B, C, D, E. I get to choose who I'm supplying, who I'm going to commit to get my demand from. I got another status perfect for that. So you know how y'all talking about you can charge whatever you want and you know what I'm saying it's supply and demand and I can go to somebody else and get it. Here's what black business owners do. They blame the customer. How many Instagram posts have you seen where black business owners are blasting, airing out their own mm-hmm. customers? Here's what one issue I have, uh from ex- one issue I have from experience though, is when you have a customer complaint, they argue with you instead of trying to fix it. Another one, on social media, talking about customers complaining about this and the price deposit, all of that social media is whack for the business, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Nail techs and hair stylists. <laughs> I have unfollowed people because they bash in their customers. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's if you ain't put a deposit down, you ain't got no appointment. And that's, that's, that's a conversation you need to have with that person. Yeah. You're not, because what you're doing is you're telling the world how unprofessional you are. And it looks, it's such a bad look. It's a terrible look. And that's the thing about it. Even if I wasn't going to support you personally, because I might already have somebody that I've been loyal to for years. I like you. I like what you're doing. You got good work. I'm going to follow you. Like you said, all it takes is a click. I'm going to follow you because I want you to live. I want you to eat. But when I start seeing that unprofessional talk, because your page is a representative of you, and that's the thing. People just, it's, it's a continuous thing where people don't realize that in economics, basic economics, black people don't have an understanding of black or basic economics. That's why customer service gets shouted out so much. Because that's all we know. Customer service, customer service, customer service. But customer service is about nuance. It's not just customer service. That's a blanket term for tardiness or you know, trying to get a post about well, that. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's not just customer service. Customer service is embodied by it's, a lot it's of different customer things. experience. Is it's an experience. What talking about. But what I'm saying is they use that blanket term to talk about a lot of different nuance. Where you're talking about prompt. You're talking about um, verbiage when you're talking to somebody. You're talking about yep. experience. You're talking about this. You're talking about, yep. you know what I'm saying? You're talking about the whole experience. The whole circle of Things that come into play when you're dealing with a entity. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm dealing with the beauty supply down the street. I'm going into the house or into their business, and there's spider webs in the corner. Cleanliness. Like, I'm looking at this type of stuff. This is my experience coming to patron your business. And if you're not taking care of everything ins and outs, I'm going to notice as a supply, uh, a consumer, where I'm going out of my way. Because a lot of the times we have to go out of our way, Jessica, like you said, to patron these black businesses because mm-hmm. we don't have them in our own communities one way or another. Or we- All right. So um, to get back into this for a really, really quick second. So basically, I want to end this segment basically saying this. Um, to all my black business owners, I need you to work on your professionalism. Um, because you're going to get an uptake of people trying to support you. And I would hate to have more negative, um, conversations added to this already. 
So if you need to work on your, your, your conversation that you have when you answer the phone, do that. If you need to work on your timeliness, because that's another thing that people talk about. You say you open at 5 and you're not open till 7, that's an issue. You know, so, you know, work on your professionalism around, all, all around whatever that is. Because if, if somebody else sees it as a problem, you already know it's a problem. You know, it's kind of like when you stink. You smell yourself before somebody else do. Um, if you are a black consumer, check your bias. You know, like, um, don't come in it, come in it thinking, all right, let me see, let me see what you about to fuck up on or, you know, all that kind of stuff. And if somebody mess up, give them another chance. You know what I'm saying? Talk to them, tell them, send them. People improve on when they make mistakes. The brain learns when it makes mistakes. So if I don't know I've made a mistake because you just never, you know, come back to me or patronize me again, then I won't grow. Just like you will write a negative review on Facebook for Target, I need you to write that negative review to me so I can handle that. So I can say, you know what, I'm sorry, I apologize, we're going to try better. Here's this for this, you know, here's 20% off your next purchase or, you know, whatever the case may be. That's what I need to, to, to happen so that this negative connotation that comes with black um, business uh, and black ownership, you know, changes. Now, to end this episode, I want to shout out a couple of black um, business owners who are doing it right. Um, because I don't think it would be appropriate if we talk all this mess and then, you know, we don't, you know, practice what we preach. So I'm going to start off by um, shouting out um, my girl, Camila White. I went to high school with her and she currently sells uh, trendy sunglasses online. She is excellent. I love, I have good product. You pay for what you get. I think shipping is free, I believe. Was your shipping free, Jess? When for treatment, you got your sunglasses. I believe so. Yeah. So I believe shipping is free, which is which is great. So she's eating that that shipping cost, um, which is amazing. So she sells sunglasses. Her website is mytrendylooks.com. Um, IG is mytrendy underscore looks, and then Facebook is mytrendylooks with two S's, and this will be listed um, down below. So please check her out. Twenty dollars get you two pairs of sunglasses. That's nothing. You spend twenty dollars. Oh, excuse me, at Starbucks, but we're not supporting them right now. But guess what? That means good customer service brought her another customer because it wasn't for her. I wouldn't have ordered my glasses. Right, and I heard she has excellent customer service. Her and I bought three pairs. Yeah, like and her website is very professional. It's easy to navigate. She's very good she about... She a third customer. Right, <laughs> answering questions and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, another one. Our, uh, my boy, Adam Ray. Adam got a special place for my baby. Adam, this is my BF, one of my BFFs. Uh, Adam Ray, I went to college with him. Spent a lot of time with his name. Uh, arts major, he apparel. Adam knows a lot of shit, you know, honestly. But this is what I'm shouting out for him. Is arts major apparel. He has his own apparel line. Uh, his website is arts majorapparel.com IG arts underscore major and uh, Facebook is arts major apparel all one word check him out he is a cold guy he doing a lot of stuff uh, please support my boy that's, 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 my, that's, my, that's my nigga right there okay my um, next person that I have that I would like to uh, shout out is Jasmine Bill I went to high school with her as well and she is uh, she makes personalized gifts I got a uh, water bottle is like a pencil because I'm a teacher, you know. I got a water bottle. I got a t-shirt from her that says being black is not a crime. And I'm getting another shirt with uh, um, with David Ruffin on it saying everybody come see. Ain't nobody here, here for you. Oh, I'm getting that from her. So she makes stuff like that. And she's on Facebook at Stuff and Stuff 
and such 2019 stuff the letter n such 2019 is uh where you're gonna find her and she's really responsive she's very um uh good about customer service she works with you to figure out what's going on she's communicative she lets you know if the order is running late or all those kind of things and she is a no contact um uh business owner she will leave your shit on the porch for you and tell you when she leave it on the porch for you so i really like her and then last but not least we have uh neat jania greer i'm sorry if y'all hear my dog he a whole asshole but anyway jania greer who uh, is a nail tech and she, I ordered a set of press on nails for her. I Facebooked her one day, told her what I wanted, sent her the picture. She messaged me the next day telling me that my order was finished. I got my nails in the mail two days later. That is what I call a professional. And I, I was so happy and her prices were comparable. She also does full sets of manicures and pedicures and all that too. She's in the Grand Rapids area, so look her up. Her IG is Nia underscore nailed it, uh, nailed, N-A-I-L-D underscore it. Her Facebook is the same, Nia nailed it, okay? And all this will be in the description below so you can uh, support these black business owners. Now, Kalisa and Jessica also have some uh, business owners that they would like to shout out as well. So I'm going to start with um, one of my best friends here. Um, her name is Nina, Nina Posey. She has a sweet business. She specializes in banana puddings. The strawberry banana pudding is the bomb. Um, you can reach her on Instagram at Lanises, at Lanise, L-A-N-I-S-E, Sweets and Treats. Um, that's on Instagram and Facebook. Um, she'll have deals or whatnot for you. Um, also, if you're into fitness, because I know we talk a lot about food and we talk a lot about clothes, but um, I have been working with um, a black trainer as well. She is great because it's online. It's online. She will pay. Um, you'll get into an online Facebook group. It's only, and she records, she goes live, so they're automatically saved for her page the styles i mean not the styles but the workout that she did that day um her name is actually n n g love um so it's actually spelled to find her so she's a n n g apostrophe e space l a her fitness um the name is actually called ctm that's change change that mind fitness because of course when you working out it's all about your mindset whatever you do is that's what she put into you you have to change your mindset mm -hmm. to get the results that you want so she's on Facebook I say reach out to her give her uh, hit uh, hit her up on Facebook like I said she does online she does zoom She's doing one-on-ones, but it's like limited, but you can always just DM her and just find out whatever. She also sells sauna vests. Um, she sells resistance bands as well. So she's all about fully getting yourself on the right track and pushing you to your limits. And she keep always tell you, you can do it. You just have to really focus on what you want to do. Excellent pitch. Thank you, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> Kalisa. 
Okay, so um, I'm going to shout out King and Queen Events and Customs. Um, it's a small business owned by some of my oldest friends, um, Sean King and Jackie King. Um, they pretty much are very creative and um, whatever you want to create events custom-wise, they will bring your vision to life um, in the sense of uh, balloon towers, just whatever, t-shirts, they do, um, off of they the do, they yeah. do everything, like the, custom the everything that, all of that, everything that, anything that you can possibly think that's popular, they can do that, they can do stuff that you ain't thought about, that you ain't seen out here, as long as you have the vision and the idea, or they even come up with a vision for you, you and be willing to pay, and, and the thing is, exactly, that's what we were talking about in this whole episode, but they are prompt they are they communicate mm-hmm. very well with you they make sure that what you get and what they are creating for you is what you want and they get it to you whatever mean by whatever means necessary Jackie is the bomb Shea Butter because you asked Shay 
Okay? You will not be ashy if you use my shea butter. You put that shit on out the shower in the morning. You'll be moisturized all day, baby. Okay? You can put it in your hair. You put it on your face. It is great. It is made with almond oil and coconut oil, with which are penetrating oils. And with love. And love, baby, yes. They are penetrating oils that will penetrate the skin itself. They don't sit. It does not sit on top of your skin. It is amazing. Um... I wipe everything down with 99.9% isopropyl alcohol because, uh, and so I am COVID conscious, all right? So you, you can find me on Instagram, you can find me on Facebook at Camilla's Candy, um, Shay, I believe. I don't even know my own damn Instagram. So yes, I think it's, it's K's too, y'all. It's, it's with K's. K's. Yes, <laughs> we don't do C's around here. Camilla's Candy, Shay, um... At Instagram and Facebook, that's also our email address at gmail.com. I don't have a website because it, I wasn't doing enough traffic for all of that. Uh, if you live in the metro area, I do do I do deliver $3 anywhere in the metro area. If you are east, I'm more than willing to have you come meet me for free. I also ship nationwide, $8 shipping. So, again, please support if you uh, feel so. If you would like to support the podcast uh, at any denomination, I definitely would uh, appreciate that as well. And that is it. That's a wrap. All right, y'all. We will see y'all next week. Y'all have a beautiful, beautiful week. And enjoy. Is it Juneteenth coming up? And enjoy your Juneteenth. And we won't see you Friday. before then. Uh, we don't do 4th of July. We join Juneteenth. And happy freedom, y'all. We free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty. Free at last. I have a thought about that. It's a weekly podcast that covers many topics from pop culture and friendship to religion and health. Join your host, Camille, a middle-of-the-road black professional millennial, as she shares her overly opinionated views on life and living. Tune in each week for a great conversation.